When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I am here with Elias Theodoro, uh, as well as my man, CB The Grenade. We're going to periscope this shit right here. If you could, uh, you could say that, yeah, Adam with Elias Theodoro. Okay, uh, I want to thank our sponsors, D-Cypher, D-I-Cypher. It's a company created to help you optimize your life. People, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm designed to help make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help maximize your potential. Call for strategic advising and support, whether it's for help with a short-term focus goal or for coaching and a long-term career management. Among other services, they offer life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Not sure your needs fall into their realm of expertise? There's only one way to find out. Call them today at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Fighters. Decipher has recently raised the bar for management in professional sports. Their firm represents fighters, assisting with contract negotiations, public relations, managing your fan base, and obtaining sponsorship. Everything you need to take care of while training for your next fight. Not only do they provide next-level comprehensive management and support, but they allow you to keep more money than any other agent or manager out there while offering one-on-one mental coaching to help you prime for success. So book Decipher for long-term coaching today and use the code ROASTED for 10% off all services. Again, go to di-cipher.com and use the code ROASTED. Also, Decipher Life is their newly released audiobook. It's now available for download. If you want to truly make a positive change in your life, you need to hear this book. You can download Decipher Live from iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. I recommend this book to everybody. It's fucking hilarious and has some truly honest insight to everyday problems we all face. And it's an audio form. You can listen anywhere. Check it out today. That's decipher.com. Also, tip a fighter. Fighters are underpaid. It is nonsense. Every week I talk to fighters who have to work three or four jobs. Well, now you can make a difference. You can tip them directly at tipafighter.com. Fighters, you're in there anyway. You're busting your chops. You're getting scars. You're making, you're messing up your beautiful face like Elias Theodoro here, okay? Get paid for that. Make some more money, okay? At tipafighter.com, at tipafighter.com. So, how am I doing? I'm doing okay. We have a wrestling match today. It's our last meet of the season. All right. And, uh, I, I love it. We actually, uh, Sean McCorkle will be here in a second. You Is know, Wonder I, Thigh is going to be there? Who, that girl? Yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a beast. She's a total, total beast. Uh, it, was, it was crazy because uh, Sean actually came to coach uh, yesterday. Sean helped out. He, he said, ready, wrestle. This is Sean McCorkle here. Um, uh, thank you, brother. It's so funny. He brought you a drink. This guy's so big. 
He brought you a drink. It looked like a little baby drink in his hands. I know. A bottle, a bottle it, of Right? Like a little sippy cup. He's, <laughs> Turns out it was venti, after all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to order it, as I just say large. La- yeah. And they're like, okay, that. venti. I'm like, no, large is okay. Yeah, and they yeah. never like it. By the way, I drove back to get that for you because you texted me five minutes after I left. Oh, thank you. That's how awesome I am. You are, you are, you are a great guy. Look, he's out of breath yeah. from it. So uh, I was saying, so Sean, <laughs> came, so Sean came. <laughs> I got to go back. Let me go back. I'm sorry. So Sean came with me to help uh so Sean came in to help coach wrestling yesterday, and uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. He actually, it's funny when I, when I have a guy who was in the <sighs> UFC uh, who beat Mark Hunt in 62 seconds, but who's never been to a wrestling practice, like, which, is, <laughs> which, which is crazy for, uh, to, to think, because I always assume like everybody has wrestling practice. He really had never seen wrestling before. Uh, you, it nope. was funny because you even said to me during practice, you're like, man, I, I wish that uh, I, I would have known this when I fought Mark Hunt. Right. To yeah. Take him down. I saw, yeah, I saw all kind of stuff that I didn't know how to do. or I always just uh, trained MMA. I never trained actually any martial arts, so it didn't start till I was 29, and then... Uh, I think my first fight was at 29 or 30, so I never never did wrestling, never karate, anything. Damn it, I should have done karate. It would have been great, right? <laughs> it's, it's probably the best thing I do, though, <clears throat> is wrestling because, uh, first of all, it's, it takes me out of L.A. for a second. You know, like, in this business, it's all me, 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 look at me, look at me, book me, book me. And then it's it's nice to actually have something where you just – it's all about someone else. Yeah, that you know? is nice. And, and then also, like, I think about my middle school years, which is probably the worst years I had in my life. I was – I was getting picked on. I was getting bullied like, almost every day, and I would hang out with the bullies because they were the ones tougher than me. And I wanted to assume think, people think I was tough, so then they just kicked my ass every day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, I would go to my fr- my so called friend's house, and their older brothers would take my, cl- my my shirt and be like, "You can't get it back unless you go ten rounds with me boxing." That was like, and I was running away from the house. I ended up getting thrown out of my house. Base. I, I went to boarding school in yeah. eighth grade um, for. And it was the best thing that happened to me was going to the Hyde School. But my, my eighth grade year was so miserable. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed elementary school and, and up to sixth grade. And then everything took a turn for the eighth grade where the Jewish kids in my school were getting picked on. Uh, they were just – it was one of those things where every week the cool kids designed – like decided to pick on one kid. They were like, you're, you're the one who we're going to ruin your life. It really was like mean girls. Oh. And, and then it became my turn. So it's nice to actually like – not, I kind of make up for my shitty middle school years by actually teaching kids how to wrestle in middle school. Uh, so I was actually huh. saying, it's actually, uh, I, don't know, I just wanted to share that. Way to uh, give back. Way to give back. St. Adam. St. Adam. I would say I'm St. Adam, but it is like, what, 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 are you, what are you giving back, Craig? Uh, you know, I teach uh, stand-up, so I help uh, you for know, money? comedians. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you don't do it. Listen, if you're good at something, you never do it for free. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I mean, come on. We do teach stand-up, which is an amazing thing. But I do, do, and I mean, listen, I, I make, the difference is, is I make sure they don't, they aren't someone that just tries stand-up. They understand what it's going to take to actually become a comedian. Mm-hmm. And that is a big Thing a lot of self hatred to understand. Well, a lot of, a lot of abuse. Uh, <laughs> no, but you, if you don't understand that, you end up resenting the process, and a lot of good people drop out mm-hmm. because they can't see the they can't see the end of the road. You know, because there is no end of the road. People tell you know? me all the time. I tell yeah. people all the time. I go, listen. I started comedy seventeen years ago. I was not the funniest comic among my my group. I, I would see guys that would just do impressions or just destroy. Yeah, and they just they dropped out. They, they dropped were like, out. They were yeah. like, "Fuck right. this." So much of it is just sticking to it, and um, nope. and a lot of guys ain't got it. And you got to understand. And it looks so easy from the outside, like a yeah. lot of things. It anything. looks easy from the outside, and then you get inside of it, and you're like, "How long is this going to take?" Because they think it's just about getting five minutes together, getting on Conan, and then 
getting your TV show. Yeah. That's what they think it is. Or putting out your YouTube videos, getting a million followers, and then, you know, getting whatever you want. And it just doesn't work that way. It's, you a, know? Hard, it's a hard road. Speaking of hard roads, Elias Theodoro's here. Elias, last time I saw you. Him and his beautiful hair. Look at that. Last time I saw too. you, I was watching. Is that Pantene? What do you put in it? Uh, let's go a little bit of this and a little little bit of that, but... Uh, more, what does that mean? You jerk off in your no, hand? No, no, mostly I mean? wake up like this. Okay. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> now, Elias, last time I saw you, you were watch- I was on Fight Pass. I was watching your fight. I was rooting for you. Obviously, you're a friend of mine. Uh, and it was one-to-one. I thought you won the first, mm-hmm. lost the second, going into the third. Third, he just caught you. And mm-hmm. then you were you were bleeding. Every- your eye was so fucked. Yeah, it was. Uh, you put your wallet in it. Uh, it it was Whoa. a huge gash. It's a big gash. Is that the scar that's there now? Oh, that one. Yeah. The one on the other side. What, okay, the one on your left. This is hockey. I'm Canadian. Just, oh, okay. uh, like, okay, just to put go. it out there, I'm Canadian. So naturally in school, we don't do wrestling. We do hockey. No, yeah. we obviously do wrestling. But what uh, ends up happening is when I was about 10, I got that. 10, 10 or 12. I was going to say, remember. that looked like a childhood scar. Yeah. That's got that yeah, classic. This one's going to do the exact same thing. Now, yeah. now what happened? Uh, now, what would you have done differently in your fight had you do it, let's say, again? Yeah, no, uh, for me specifically, it's just kind of big picture thing. Um, I've just been really lucky in regards to jumping in mixed martial arts and going 12 professional fights undefeated. Uh, that was my lucky 13. And prior to that, there's also, uh, what do you call it, the ultimate fighter in between that I won. But I never had, like everything just kind of, not because of, it, it, there's no such thing as an easy fight, but always, every time I did something, a reaction would happen and I would just go with it. And in this fight, what ended up happening was I thought I clearly won the first with my striking. And the plan was to like eventually go into wrestling. And um, obviously, my opponent trained for that. And I, for me specifically, I think it just showed the lack of experience I have in some regards. Because I've only been doing martial arts for like four years. For, I mean, uh, six years. So it was just a deficit in regards to stuff I needed to do and stuff I needed to learn from. And uh, at the end of the day, I did get a cut. But luckily, chicks dig scars. And, um, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's cliche. Like, as you it need more pussy. Yeah. I have a feeling it's like just, oh, <laughs> it looked like a vagina on your above your eye. Yeah, it yeah. looks like you had a forehead yeah. vagina, though. Yep. That gash is so huge. Yep. No, it was rough. I thought they were going to stop the fight. But you're, you're, I did too. Right? Uh, I was a little worried here and there. But you know what? The thing is, Talk the funny thing is, actually, that's my dad's favorite fight. Like, my last fight was my dad's favorite fight in the sense of. <laughs> so of course, your dad loves it. He's like, yeah, he's that's like, what you needed, son. No, no, no. That's what you I guess in many ways it showed that like I didn't have like uh, all the other fights it allowed me to kind of I don't know I just won and won so yeah. this one it just shows that I really want to like there's no quit in me and as my dad says I got balls yeah you don't think he was really mad at you your dad and this is a way for him to no no no, no. He's, he's a gentle soul um no like even like, I had like 50 friends and family come out there and again the it was a loss but it was the best way to actually feel a loss because like to quote Mike Tyson or something like that um, it's better to fall on the way to the top than at the top because it's a much smaller fall Yeah. so I get to learn from it and to be honest it showed that to me that was a little bit too casual about mixed martial arts like um, and- you're doing a lot of extracurricular activities <laughs> I mean if you guys don't know Elias was on the cover of how many romance novels uh, 10 and I actually have 3 more in the way <laughs> 10 romance novels <laughs> you know what he looks like he looks like Gaston from Beauty like and the Beast yeah. yes. <laughs> I look like that's what he looks like you know? I thought you were going to say he looks like that guy from that romance novel you were reading <laughs> exactly, exactly I don't read romance <laughs> Novels. I wouldn't like know that ironic. unless Adam had told me. Well, I mean, you're, on, you're also you were also on the Amazing Race, yeah. but you're also like you're very you're you're always like on TV and stuff. Do you think maybe you were doing too much outside? No, it's un- yes and no. Um, I'm doing a lot, but again, uh, in this sport, like 
like the aspect of the fight business is actually a very hard business. I don't have to tell anyone about that, but you got to put your hands in every single cookie jar and see where it kind of pops up. The actual thing that I'm talking about is is more or less being in Toronto. In Toronto, there's not really much of a mixed martial arts scene. So I'm a big fish in a small pond, and I need to be in a room where I'm never the best. i got to always be chasing someone because the day – I don't know, the day, the day that you're the best, you're not striving for anything more. Mm-hmm. And what I've been doing in the past is, although I love it, because for me, it's all about the journey. And I've been able to train in Brazil, Thailand, a bunch of times. And the last one with Weidman and his camp. How was that? What was that like? It was fun. It was fun. Like, it, it, um, it kind of, like, showed everything in relative form, like, where I kind of stood up. Because, like, man, he is, was, still is, in my opinion, uh, what's it called? One of the, the best in the world. Did you guys and, spar? Yeah, well, no, he was more specifically working with Luke, so uh, working towards Luke, so he was doing uh, more southpaw, right? So I'm not a natural southpaw, even though I bounced in and out. So he was working more with Chris Camozzi on that, but like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, everything else is what he was doing. Were you shocked at how big he was? Because I was when I met him. I was absolutely shocked at He's how a large big he man. Was. Yeah, He's for a 185 pounder. I mean, he weighed... 240 when i met him i said dude because oh, i mean he 240? was yeah he was 240 yeah. i mean not not fat either i mean he was in shape and i was like i said how the hell do you make 185 he's like it's no fun i met him i mean no i'm fun. only probably it's no yeah, fun. it doesn't sound like any fun yeah i'm probably i'm probably only three inches taller than him but he was like i couldn't believe like yeah, he's a big people boy. see wow. us in pictures and they're like because i'm six seven probably 320 and people see us in uh pictures and they're like holy shit he's gigantic for a middleweight i was like he's big for a 205er i thought you know so yeah. I-, I watched one of the most awkward interviews with you and him it was like on some Canadian talk yes, show. Yes, yes, saw oh, that. Oh, it my was God. so bad. Okay, so, okay. So, <laughs> long story short. Long story short. That was the worst. No, uh, so they, they wanted me to come in to basically play a joke behind the camera. And I instantly what went What was to, the show? What was it? Um, uh, fuck. It's, it's a big show, right? Yeah, it's a big show in Canada. It, it, God, anyways. It's like the ESPN um, of Canada. Basically. Okay, okay. Yeah, on TSN, but the specific show, uh, Off the Record. There you go. Yeah. With Mike Landsberg. So... The thing is, in the behind the behind the scenes, I was supposed to basically punk him, where I was going to ask a series of questions, and I started off with the hair jokes, like right. And the actual uh, Mike Landsberg, the, the host of the show, wasn't buying it. And I said like three questions. He's like, "Nope, no, nope, I'm not saying any of those. Come out." And he just got really. Awkward. It was so bad. Really it was awkward. like they just shut they had, down. They, the had, they had Chris Wyman on, right? They had Chris Wyman on, and they're like, "Hey, Chris, what do you think about guys with long hair?" And he's like, uh, "I guess that's, that's cool." That. It was. It was like so weirdly gay. And, yeah. and, then, and then he's like, "What do you think about your trading partners?" And he's like, uh, "What the fuck's going on?" And then all of a sudden, Elias like, "Hey, it's Elias." It was just so bad. No, no one, originally, yeah, was like, but no, it was. It was the host. So this is when sports people try and do comedy. Yeah, it was. This is what happens. It was so it just, bad. It just implodes. To my to my defense, I had a whole list of other things I was going to say, and he said no to all of it, and said just go right to the hair, and then said he didn't like, and then he didn't like the hair stuff. Originally, what I was going to do, he's just actually a Mets fan, right? So I was actually going to just bring up uh, what's it called the how many times the Mets have like pooched the World Series in some way, shape, or form. He's like, no, 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 I want something no one else will know, and I'm like, uh, I got something no one else will do about my hair. And then it was so just honestly, it was so probably the most uncomfortable thing I've it was like it was like, and then like there was a thread about it, like why I'm in a really awkward interview. So I, I clicked on and then he pops out. And I'm like, wow, this this really was awkward, even for me. Like I, I, I fucking well, emotionally, love physically shit. and sexually. The gag just fell apart. It was so bad. Yeah. It was horrible. So uh so do you still have that same girlfriend you had your yeah. last time here? No. Wow, how long has this been? Uh about a year and a half. 
You're going to marry this chick or what? Uh, I don't know about uh, anything in regards to marriage. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's exactly just the idea. what she wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't listen to MMA podcasts. Uh, so no, you'll be no, okay. No, no, more or less than the idea that no, she'll, she'll end up here. Her ex-boyfriend <laughs> is going to hear it. He's going to clip it and send it to exactly, her. Exactly. Just so you know, it's going nowhere with romance novel guy. <laughs> 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 That's all I would have. It's, no. it's time to get back with the mechanic. The mechanic. Wait, no. So, <laughs> so that's, wait, what, that's what his drug dealing name is. The so, mechanic. Yeah, the mechanic. Yeah. Wait, what, so how, how come you don't see any kind of marriage? I don't know. I, just in the place where I am in general. Um, I'm a, like I said, I'm all about the journey, and I'm kind of traveling all over the world. Um, we've been really great in the sense that um, I don't know. It just we've just made it work in whatever aspect it is. If I'm not technically there for a long period of time, we just keep in contact and make it work. No, I know. Before her, you were banging like every. 10 in Canada. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are pretty based much. Based on the, the exchange rate, that's probably a 15 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a 15 in America. That's it. I'll tell you what, dude. No, tell you you're seven around, in America. Yeah, seven I have America. never seen yeah. so many good looking girls in my life as Vancouver. Yeah. Then yeah. I went up there Something and actually, water. yeah, tag team these two chicks. But uh, <laughs> Good word. Wait, was nice. this a tag team that you said went really bad? Yeah. It was. Okay. <laughs> you tell I'll us tell you, really need two chicks to cover all the ground. Exactly. Just so fucking Exactly. You got to hear the story, Sean. God, if my kids are listening, never, ever listen to this. So I go up Go to bed now. I had banged this girl every now and then in Vancouver, and I went up there to see her. She was a mixed chick. doesn't matter what color she was, but um, she was a mixed girl, and she was like, hey, if you want to go pick up my friend, uh, she's up for whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know what that means. And she goes, like, she'll do a threesome. And I said, this sounds like a trick. <laughs> and she's like, what? Well, I said, sounds like you're mad at me at the end of the night, no matter what I say. And she was like, no, it's like, it's fine. She said, we're not getting married, right? And I was like, what? She goes, well, I'm 19. Let's say she was 21 for the story. No, she's like, well, I'm 19. 19 yeah. makes yeah. it better. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with 19. She's like, she's like well, I'm 19. perfect. She said, I'm 19. You're old, and you already said you had a vasectomy. You can't have kids. I want kids, so it's not like we're getting married. What's the difference? And it like kind of hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, so I'm yeah. just being used. I was like, okay, so. I'm just being used for my giant size and penis? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I go, we go pick up her friend, Keisha, who's white, ironically. Um, but uh, thank you, Keisha. The only white girl, yeah, I've ever met named Keisha. Like she yeah. said, she said Keisha. I was like, damn it, no, I'm just kidding. So, um, so we go pick her up, then we go on a three person date. It was the most awkward thing I've ever been. Like you're not going to be on a romance novel about this story. Um, like so, we go like they both hold my hand walking up to the restaurant. They both sit next to me instead of across from me at the restaurant. And I'm Sounds like, this great. is yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, until so you do it, and everybody's staring at you. Like the women are disgusted. The men are like trying to high five me with their yes, eyes, right, yes. or whatever. Yes. See? And, I was gonna uh, say, there's still sounds. Yeah. Great. Exactly. So, I'm waiting for this no to downside. come. Yeah, great. No downside right no, now. There was no downside till the end. But so um, I had I, I had just so happened to have my AIDS uh, test done like a week before that. So I kept mentioning it. Like, oh, what's <laughs> okay? This? Here we go. I was like, what's this email? Oh, look, it's my AIDS paperwork. It looks like I've you know what I mean. I'm clean. Like no you know, just, condoms. Yeah. yeah. So I've had a vasectomy. I can't get them pregnant. So again, what's the difference? All right. So um, you're persuading me already. Yeah. <laughs> they kept telling me. Uh, they kept saying, you, you swear to God, you've had a vasectomy because they didn't want to get pregnant, right? Who wants to birth my giant child? So, um, oh, vagina will never be the same. No yeah. kidding. It'll no. look like one of those pods in Alien when it opens up. Imagine him and Gabby Garcia had a baby. All right, go on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, go That'd on. That'd be ridiculous. Um, you so, come out fully grown. Come out like Bigfoot, Bigfoot Silva when it was born. <laughs> totally. So, um, uh, it's vagina <laughs> asshole. You'll need a couple staples on So, that. anyway. <laughs> um, he really liked it. The so um, one thing leads to another that night. It was very awkward. We go back. I wasn't drunk enough, and I assume you probably have done the threesome before. If you're not drunk, it's really awkward, right? Yes. So I um, love him, but go I on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I needed to be drunk. I I'm wasn't. supporting so, him. That's what um, I'm doing. 
Yeah, one thing leads to another. So we ended up doing it, and they're more into each other than they are to me. So it's real. I don't know what to do, and I'm trying to make sure the mixed girl isn't mad at me because it's her friend, you know. So I have to make it's sure I pay attention to her, you know. I don't know. So after it's over, it's really awkward when you're not drunk. You're kind of sitting there, and I was like, God, I hope we don't all three have AIDS. Like right after it was over. <laughs> nice, nice. Dead what? silence. Dead silence. They didn't say a word. They're just sitting there. She goes, I hope you're joking. And I said, oh, I'm just kidding. And then we're sitting there, and I said, But I got to be honest with you, girls. If statistically two of the three of us have to get it, I hope it's you two. <laughs> Whoa. Still dead oh, silence. Yeah. Yeah, tough room, tough room. It's a tough room. Yeah, romantic. So then I was like, I should probably go, huh? They're like, yeah, you should probably go. So I started getting my stuff, and I was like, unless you guys want to do it again, like poke my head back in the room. They just sat there and stared at me. I was like, all right. So I left. Now they hate me, but it was, I don't know, it's funny. I can't, I can't help it. I have There's this always... voice in my head that tells me to say Dude. things. It's not audible, so I'm not crazy, but like okay. his little voice tells me, hey, you should say, I hope we don't all three have AIDS now. And I'm like, Dude, no, his, don't say it. His text messages with girls. <laughs> Are the funniest things I've ever. I, honestly, he could write a whole. I told them to start his own website called McCorkle's Text to yeah. Girls because they're all the most fucked up shit. Like, but they're hilarious. But they're really, really funny. Especially if you read them in like his the voice. Kind, that's the kind of freedom that only comes with being six seven, three hundred five pounds. <laughs> how, how, yeah. how tall are you? Uh, six seven. Six seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I uh, yeah, I've got one. It's funny. I was reading them to or showing Adam. I always text him to him like. Um, I told this girl the other day, I said, you better go to, she I said, go to bed. It's late. And she said, or what? And I put like a little fist, um, nice. you know, toward or whatever. She goes back to her. She goes, what's that? She said, yeah, that's what she said. Guys, what's that supposed to mean? I said, I guess from the emoji, I guess I'm threatening to fist you. <laughs> and then dead, like she doesn't text me back anymore. Like it's just, that's the end of our relationship. But I have if you so play many. your cards right, that could be in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you can never take a solid shit again. Right. Or walk properly. Yeah. Limping. Like she would just I walk around and shit would fall out of her ass. <laughs> I, usually, uh, I didn't I, even know I put it there. <laughs> How many fingers do you usually put in? I usually put two. You? Yeah, the two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Well, I had a girl ask for four. Really? Yeah. She was like, you can put, you can keep going. And I was put like, all the fingers. Really? And she goes, no, all you the go. fingers. She goes, do all four. So I'm like making a cone, like a hand cone, <laughs> just getting them on and then just, just working it around. McCorkle, but, 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 but look at your, your, your hands versus, versus his yeah, meat paws. No, oh you can put one pinky in there and she's Here's full. what's ironic. My hands are so big, like two usually hurts them, but I always tell them it's only going to get worse if it's my dick because my dick is bigger than two fingers. So um, it's uh, it's so funny. Well, never mind. I was going to say every girl I sleep with, i like, you have the smallest vagina ever. But... <laughs> I actually meant that the last time Past I said it, just so you know. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I always say that, but it really is because my dick is so huge. Not to brag on myself. No, but what's your but, theory? 80% of the women? Oh, yeah. No, I got a theory about my dick, and I always tell girls this, especially before I sleep with them. I'm like, you know, like 80% of the girls I've slept with, they comment on how big my dick is the first time. They'll usually be like, oh, my God, your dick is huge, you know, or whatever. Or, what are you doing? I'm asleep. No. Um, <laughs> no, they're always like, they always say something about how big it is, and... um the other 20%, I just assume are sluts. Like, as I have no choice but to assume that. So I tell every girl that before I, you know, sleep with them. So, like, the last you second the last the girl I slept with. Yeah. The, the second to last girl I slept with is. was this Brazilian girl. And she's like, uh, we got ready to do it. And she goes, oh, my God, your dick is huge. Don't think I'm a slut. Like, right before we did it, I started cracking up because she, like, remembered I told her that. So I thought it was pretty funny. Or a couple oh, champs. We need mass number. What were you going to ask me? How many things a day do you accidentally break? Four vaginas. Right, like I feel like he just goes around picking anus. shit up and the breaking it up. Oh, sorry, here's your napkin dispenser back. I didn't mean it. It's really <laughs> ironic you said that. I went to, uh, took the girl I'm dating right now to Florida uh, over New Year's, and we, um, I broke the, the turn signal, like on the car, I rented a car. <laughs> 
And I just went to push it down, and it just snapped off. And I was like, I didn't even know that could happen. Wires were hanging from it. And I was like, and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. And then uh, I tore one of my shirts. I went to go like this, like just right down my shirt, and it just ripped the sleeve off. And I was like, and, uh, You're like a real-life Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> But, yeah, it's a, it's sad, really, because it really is like guerrilla strength. A lot of it I blame on Trembolone, though, so you, I'm just you, being honest with you. Trembolone with the steroids? Yeah, yeah it's Now, Elias, uh, Sean told me that the, 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 one of the funniest McCorkle stories, real quick before we get to Matt Trion, is I, 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 apologize if we told this in the podcast for a couple of years ago. Me and Sean, first time I met Sean, I go to do a show in Illinois, and me and him <laughs> are hanging out, and uh, and he's and he's he's in shape. He's fighting the world's strongest man, uh, Marius Pujanowski. Yeah. So he's got this – he's in – the best shape I've ever seen him. And he, he goes to me, he goes, I'm on eight different kinds of steroids right now. Right? <laughs> eight. So, eight. And so then, so we're with this like nerdy, we're with this nerdy guy Honestly, who's a best. super nice guy, but he's like a big fanboy, but it's just the nicest kid ever. Yeah, he's, he just came up to me and started talking. He was like, he goes, dude, I'm your biggest fan. I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, look, and his background on uh, his Facebook page was me. And he didn't know I was going to be there. I just ran into him at this place. He looked like McLovin from whatever that he movie is. He looked like is. McLovin. Nicest he's kid, nicest right? Nicest kid you'll ever meet. So I, I go to Sean, I'm like, I was out of college bar. And I'm like, Sean, uh, the steroids, is, is, does that, you ever get roid rage, man? He's like, he goes, Adam, I'm the nicest kid. I'm the nicest guy you've ever met. You, you would not be a nicer guy. And, and in the corner of his eye, someone's picking on McLovin, right? He was like walking. Oh, no. he, and then he bumped into somebody. And then he dumped a beer on the guy by accident, the guy's beer. So the guy was in McLovin's face. Like, I'm going to fucking kill you. All of a sudden, Sean beelines for it. Picks up the guy like four inches off the ground. He goes, I am going to kick your ass and then fuck you in the ass. <laughs> he was a big, big dude, too. But. I was like, oh, my God. Right. Like this kid did not see that coming. Like yeah. he was like, I, he probably shit himself at that point. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, Sean, you got to put him down. He's like, I hate bullies. I hate bullies. I just hate bullies. So then Sean. Right. He was he drove three hours to come to the show. He then instead of going home that night yeah so he, no, i go drop adam off at his hotel he goes you okay to drive i said no i'm going back to those bars he goes really i said yeah i'm looking for that dude yeah like, i look for that dude the rest of the night i was so mad some <laughs> college kid the kid was like <laughs> i was gonna murder him god it made me so mad it makes me mad even uh, talking about it uh, but that kid so... was yeah the kid bumps into him and the dude's like acts like he, he draws back like he's gonna hit him and the mclovin guy drops his beer and holds his hands up and everybody started laughing at him man like laughing at this kid who's yeah, probably been bullied his whole life dude i yeah. went crazy like because he did it was a complete accident Oh, I'm sorry. And he goes like this. And then the guy, you know, pulls his hand up. The yeah. nerdy kid holds his hands up as we're talking about the kid being nerdy. But uh, it just made me. And they all started laughing. And the guy started laughing. I was like, dude, I'll show you somebody who can fight. Can you imagine but, this guy picking you up? Going, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> like, I would have raped him. Given the opportunity, I really would have raped him just for the meanness. Like, I'm not gay at all. But there is no way to declare American your dominance. Any, yeah. There's no way to show your dominance over someone anymore. Yeah. Like. Wait, but how, but how would you get a boner for a guy, though? I think just rage alone would do it. <laughs> Plus, if you're, many, if you're on that much <laughs> testosterone, you get a heart on 24 hours a day anyway. So. <laughs> it's, uh, Damn, fair enough. Damn, the funniest right. part was... We should just call that the McCorkle. Well, the funniest <laughs> part the next day was don't hearing... Man, don't make me give you the McCorkle. Uh, the funniest so part the next day was hearing Adam tell the story on Fox Sports Radio, but the edited version, he was like, and then McCorkle grabs the guy and threatens to make love to him forcefully. <laughs> Forcefully, yeah, forcefully yeah, make love to him for being on the kid. And oh. never call him again. <laughs> so we are going to call Anthony Smith, who is fighting Josh Neer and Fight Pass, VFW uh, Victory Fighting, or VFA, VFA Fighting, this weekend, this Friday night. We're fighting uh, Josh Neer in a rematch. Anthony Lionheart Smith. Hello. Hello, this is Anthony Smith. 
Hey, you're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Sean McCorkle, Elias Theodoro, and the Greg Wilson. How are you, man? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Good. I was watching your uh, your fights last night, man. I you're you're a very very great fighter. But uh, interesting fact about you: out of your 34 fights, only one of them has went the distance. Yeah, just one. That's insane, right? Is that insane? That's insane. Yes, uh, the one that got away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I, it pisses me off too. You know, you, it was much cooler. It was much cooler when people said, "Oh, you've never been to a decision." I mean, that's that crazy. Motherfucker, Brian Green. <laughs> you either win or you lose uh, by by finish or submission, you, you, it's, which is great. Now you got a fight coming up. Uh, you're on a six fight winning streak. Uh, you're a UFC vet. You're a Strike Force vet. You're a Bellator vet. You've you've been around. Uh, you're fighting Josh Neer, who uh, who beat you the first time. But how are things going to be different this Friday night? Um, I it's I, I just I don't know. I'll just fucking win. You know what? I respect he, uh, your honesty. He, he, I, he just caught me at a bad time. You know, I was still kind of licking my wounds from the UFC a little bit. You know, I was coming off of a pretty major knee surgery. Um, I broke my hand in the first minute of the first round, so I pretty much fought him for three rounds with one hand. Um. And, and you know, I switched gyms. I got you know just in a much better place. Is is that why uh, in that first fight you had your hands uh, just covering your face and you were just talking shit, but you weren't really like throwing any punches back? Yeah, no, I couldn't really do a whole lot. I mean, the dude's hard headed as, as hell, but it, you know, and he kind of threw me off my game. You know, already kind of going in off of losing and being cut by the UFC. You're already kind of my fuck, anyways. And then then you got Josh Neer, and no one really talks about what he's like. He has a bunch of intangibles that you can't really see until you're in front of him. But you don't really expect the dude to talk to you the entire fucking time. And he did. He talked to me the whole time. Like he just wouldn't shut up, dude. So I wasn't really ready for that. What was, he, what was he saying he kinda here? Had, he kind of had some mood swings, man. It was really fucking weird. He, at first, it was kind of like, you know, you'd hit him with something or, you know, he'd call you a pussy and tell you to keep bringing it on, you know, and, and, and no matter what you did to him, like, his, it, he, he never acted hurt. And then, like, kind of towards the second, he was, like, kind of complimentary a little bit. Like, oh, man. <laughs> the bait and switch. The bait and switch. I want to shake your hand after this, you know, and then back to the, and then, you know, we even touched my gloves to start the second round. And then the third round, he didn't like it. <laughs> it was like you need to be flossing more regularly. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I kind of felt bad for you because you know you were one of the strike force guys that got bought into the whole UFC and the whole merger, and then the first mm-hmm. fight they give you is in Brazil against an eleven-time gold medalist jujitsu guy uh, right. in Brazil. I was like, Jesus. And then the guy, and then you got knee barred. How much did your knee get fucked after that fight? Uh, I, you know, it actually wasn't even the, the, the actual submission that, that hurt me. It was defending the knee bar that, that tore my knee. Like, I guess if you, if you kind of watch it and you watch the slow-mo, I was already tapping before I even had my knee extended. I, I, I tore my meniscus and my LCL completely tore off the bone. Mm, and it, it was Not just funny. a, it was Not a bad funny. deal. You know, and that was in June. And then I fought Josh in December. So I shouldn't even have been fighting at that time anyways. Wow. So, yeah, you know, no, you're right. Like, you're a warrior, man. Uh, now, now you were in Bellator. You won three fights in a row in Bellator, and then you left the organization. Why did you leave them? Uh, you know, I, the, the whole plan was actually never to stay with Bellator. That wasn't the plan. The plan was just to fight out the contract and kind of, kind of, you know, kind of up my popularity a little bit. You know, nothing bad about Bellator, but it's not really the path that I wanted to take so much. Um, and, and they weren't they weren't really willing to give me big fights, probably because of what I didn't. 
hide the fact that that, that I wasn't planning on staying very long. <laughs> You're, very honest and mean. You're very honest and mean. I, I, I think, well, I, I just don't bullshit, man. I, I, they're not going to give me a Kendall Grove or, or any of those names because it, the worst thing, the only thing worse than me beating those guys is beating them and leaving. You know, that's, that doesn't do a whole lot for for them as a company, I guess. So I, you know, I wasn't getting any big fights and, and they kind of held me back from the UFC one time. And so I just, I just sat out and waited for my contract to expire. So Bellator was your side girl. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. And you, yeah. Your side chick. Uh, do you have a side chick, Elias? <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Every time he walks through a mall. Dude, it's the worst. The worst is taking a picture with him and posting uh, it on Instagram. Because everyone's like, who's your friend? Girls that I didn't even know even follow me on Instagram were like, all of a sudden pop up. Who's your friend? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my mother. God. And, and, then, and then I take a picture with him and his other friend who has 10 billion followers. What's that guy's name? Nick Bateman. He's a, he's a supermodel. Yeah, supermodel. Some guy, an Instagram supermodel. Me, him, and I'm, I was like the ugliest of the ugly friends. Yeah. And you guys probably don't even have the decency to be gay. Like, if you're going to be that good looking, yeah. suck Well, why limit damn. yourself to 50% of the population? Yeah. Oh, right. Wait, so you're exactly. fucking everybody. Yeah. It's just Good remember, for you. Like, yeah, just like the, uh, the books. Got, Again, that's another cookie jar. That's yeah, another cookie say, jar. You got your about. hands in every cookie jar. Like, so much disposable income. So much disposable income. How many guys are you lifting up telling you're going <laughs> to fuck them in the ass? Exactly. All right, Anthony Smith. Everyone's Thank got you. a price. <laughs> <This is Sorry. laughs> Anthony's like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> so, so you're on a six-fight winning streak. You're fighting Josh Neer. You're fighting in Nebraska, right? Yeah, yeah, my hometown. And that's what your hometown. Nice, now, nice. is it a lot of pressure? A lot of people coming to people want tickets and stuff. Or oh yeah, man, it's it's just a it's a kind of a fucking mess. Everyone wants tickets <laughs> and t-shirts, and everyone wants to be your best friend. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, Sean, you've had to deal with that a, 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 a couple times. What's your advice for him? Uh, don't fight for any promoter that wants you to sell tickets. Um, <laughs> now, Bellator wanted me yeah, to sell tickets. Right. Bellator, when I fought for them, I fought for three and three, which was ridiculous, but they let me pick my opponent. He's actually a guy you fought before, uh, Richard White. Um, <laughs> they oh, were, I beat uh, the shit out of that guy. Yeah, so did I the first time. I got a funny story <laughs> yeah. about that. But, um, yeah, so they were mad. They said, yeah, they told us you could sell about 300 tickets. I said, this fight is four hours from my house. I can't sell three tickets. You know what I mean? I said, nobody's going right. to drive that far. So I go up there, I beat Richard White in like 40 seconds, and they're mad at me because I think they let me pick the opponent. Well, he was 19 and 9 when I fought him, so I was like, you know, it's a guaranteed win from watching him fight, but his record looked at least decent. He looked decent physically. Um, so then Roy, jo Roy Jones Jr. offered me my last fight I took uh, after not training for a year, um, having herniated discs in my back. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., I met him. He wanted me to fight for his show, so... Um, he said, you can pick anybody you want. I was like, let's call Richard White, you know, or whatever. Um, so I, uh, I go to fight him again and everybody's asking me on Twitter, like, didn't you beat him in 40 seconds? I'm like, no, it's a different one. Um, and, uh, it's a yeah. different Richard White. and my first tweet was, I said, it's ironic that, um, Richard White, um, I'm fighting a guy named Dick White when he's black and a pussy, which was great. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. So, um, turns out Richard White quits his job and goes and trains for 16 weeks at ATT because he oh, said this was going to be his last fight if he doesn't beat me. Um, I go out there having not trained at all because my back is so bad I can barely walk. And uh, he beat the shit out of me. And it was like one of the most humiliating moments of my life. Like he picked me up and slammed me and then I couldn't feel my legs. I, for remember, like two I remember hanging out with you like a week before the fight trying to get yeah. you to not fight. I'm like, <laughs> I go, Sean, what's your, how have you trained? He goes, I did 10 minutes on the on the uh, treadmill for this fight. Barely. That was his whole training. <laughs> yeah. It was 10 minutes Holy on the – and you were on so much painkillers. Yeah, it was crazy. I was uh, through a doctor. I was but taking, how, how have you – how did he fight this guy? I mean, no offense, Anthony, how much do you weigh? Uh, 185. I fought at 185. 185. Richard White must be like – he must – He weighed 270 when I fought him, so I don't know what weight they fought at, but maybe we, it was – 
we were supposed to fight this this fucking idiot. We were supposed to fight at a catchway to two twenty because I this is why I was still in strike force and they weren't really, they, you know, that was back when everyone was having a hard time getting fights and everyone was bitching and complaining. Well, instead of bitching and complaining, I just said, well, can I take a fight outside of the organization? And they're like, well, if you lose, then you'll get cut. So I kind of had the same mentality as Sean. Well, then I'll just fight Richard White. Right. <laughs> oh, Richard White. <laughs> so, my, my original, uh, my original hometown is this, is this small town of like 6,000 people. And, uh, so my manager runs the show. So he just brought a show to my, my original hometown and brought in Richard White because he used to kind of manage Richard White a little bit. So he's the hood. Rat. To he's the the hood rat of uh, so he gets off the plane and says, Hey, I got a couple more pounds to cut. Goes, cuts a couple pounds and comes in at two sixty two. Wow. <laughs> so Not even trying. Not even trying. So he came in forty two pounds over. Yeah, I can I come to weigh ins and I only weighed like maybe 201 or something like that. And the commission's like, well, we can't let you fight. You have to be over 206. So I weighed in fully clothed with five pounds weight wrapped around my waist with a belt and, and fought Richard White and beat the shit out of him. And then he almost got mobbed because there's this big, big ass black dude who's talking shit to everyone because he just got his ass kicked. And he's in a small town in Nebraska full of 5,000 white people calling everyone crackers. So then they're mobbing him in the parking lot. That's awesome. Calling everyone crackers. Now what's up with you and Derek? What's up with you and Derek Brunson? I saw you guys had some kind of beef. Man, that dude is such a douchebag. He, when I was getting ready to fight in the UFC, it was right before he was getting ready to fight Chris Lieben. And someone, someone tweeted me and said, what are your predictions for this card? Well, Derek Brunson just happened to be on the card. I didn't have anything against Derek. We fought a couple times together on strike force, and I always got along. And they said, what are your predictions? So I rattled them off. Well, I don't think anyone expected at that point in time in Chris Lieben's career that he was going to lose to Derek Brunson. Right. So I just said Chris Lieben, and that was it. And then, you know, then I look at my Twitter like an hour later, and Derek Brunson's talking about how he's going to kick my ass, and I'm a piece of shit, and because he was mad that I picked him to lose against huh. Lieben. Well, then he ends up beating him, so then that just rattles everything up again, and then then we fought, we were supposed to fight on the, he was supposed to fight on that UFC card that I fought on in Brazil, and then his opponent got a car accident or something. So then he just gets it all drunk and starts acting like a fucking card. And we, we so we've just been kind of going back and forth ever since then. And I told him back then that when I got to the UFC that I would that I would deal with him then. And I'm, I'm still holding true to that. When I get back, Derek Brunson is the first one I'm looking for. Oh wow, that's a. You find a Do you know Derek Brunson? No, not. I know of him. Uh, what's it called? A few yeah. interchanges. I mean, Derek, I'm at Derek. Derek's a tough guy. That'd be yep. a good fight. That'd be a great fight. But uh, you think that you would? Uh, he is, man. He's, he's, he's a tough. He's a tough dude. I mean, he's got some skills in his own right. But I, I mean, stylistically, it's a perfect fight for me. And you know, and then I go, I go and corner Brian Houston in the UFC uh, against Derek Brunson. So and Derek Brunson head kicks him and rocks him, you know, and, and finishes him. So it's just like he's constantly he's getting these little jabs at me all the time, you know. So I, it, it'll happen eventually. You know what I mean? I like It'll, it. I like it. As soon as I can get there, that's that's the first name that's coming out of my mouth. Well, this Friday night, why should people watch you take on Josh Nears? On Fight Pass, sell us this fight right now. Why should I tune in? Oh, I mean, you guys said it you're, you're at the beginning. Like, I, I just don't go to decisions. Not, it's not my type of fight. I, I, I don't I don't leave it to the judges. I, I just put my foot on the gas, and then just whatever fucking happens, happens. And, and Josh Nears pretty close to the same. You know, I, I mean, I've never really seen, other than Josh getting grinded out by wrestlers, I've never seen Josh in a boring fight ever if he could help it. 
So, I mean, I don't really see any way that this is going to be a boring fight where two headstrong guys that really don't like each other that much. So, um, I, I just I just think it's going to be a barn burner. And I, I think that we're just going to throw punches until you fall down. I love it. Well, Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific on Fight Pass, uh, VFA fighting. Uh, good luck with everything, Anthony. Thanks for coming on the show. Keep that win strong. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Keep nice. that win streak Anthony's on, man. Good. I like that guy. Yeah. He's, yeah, got, a, he's, he's awesome. got a blacker voice than Chef on South Park. I thought he, was, <laughs> he said something about crackers. I was like, this guy sounds blacker than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever uh, banged the black chick? Um, I won't go any. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> mixed only, I really? guess, is mixed the only? Yeah, blackest. Yeah, I got but uh, I do tell people all the time that being a pro athlete is not the only thing I have in common with most black men. And they're like, really? Like girl said, I'm like, yeah. And by that, I mean, technically, I don't have a job. Nice. That's Thanks, funny, right? <laughs> Nice. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. That's that was great. Joke. There's There's that one. One. I'm going to give myself a heart. I'm going to heart that one. Well, that was the little voice he was talking about. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, what about something. you, Greg? Have you ever banged a black chick? Oh, yeah. And me too. Yeah, a couple I, of them. They're yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, it was good. I actually had a, I, I had a foursome. With, like, actually, it was me. I took home three black girls from New York. Uh, nice. And uh, one of them I banged while the other two, like, like, like cheered me on. It was... Uh, nice. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> Look at that. You're getting a slow clap from a romance novel. Yes. That's pretty good. What about you? Uh, what's called, I've been with every kind of girl. Every kind. Yeah. Uh, what's called, I don't really... Te- te- I don't actually don't have a type. Do you um, ever get tired of human pussy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that uh, AI pussy right now. Exactly. Wait, uh, hold on. I'm calling bullshit on this one. Every kind. Indian? Yep. Pakistani? Uh, yep. Is there a difference? Uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's well, pretty yeah. much the same. Uh, Thai? Yep, I've been to Thailand three times. Uh, oh, what was that like? Amazing. Uh, what's it called? Everything, like, Thailand is essentially Vegas on steroids. Yeah. Um, you can do anything in there. Uh, I blew up a pig with a rocket launcher for, like, 30 bucks. That's horrible. It was, it was already dead. Like, it was already I dead. I thought you said you blew was... a pig. I was like, dude, this guy. <laughs> 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 I was like, what? Like, I why, told you like, why did you human like, pussy. That's what I say. Like, why did you admit that on the he radio? Says, why would you do that? Human pussy is blowing <laughs> so pigs in Thailand. But why is he? What, 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 he's blowing a pig. Why is there a rocket launcher? <laughs> that's, what that? I did. That's, what, <laughs> that's what I call my dick. Yeah. That's what, what I call my dick. The rocket launcher. launcher. <laughs> and I explode. I call mine Tiny Hulk because one time this girl that was too young for me uh, was trying to like. Uh, well, by that I mean she was eighteen, but she tried to start like rubbing her fingers through my hair, like watching TV at my house. I was like, no, no, you got to stop. And she's like, why? I said because Tiny Hulk is getting angry, and I didn't even know where it came from. I just, I just like came out a little voice told me to say it and i said because tiny hulk's getting angry she was like wait what and i was like nothing never mind the hulk gets bigger when he gets angry she was like who's the hulk like she had no idea what i was like uh, and then i realized she was too young yeah had no idea who the hulk was yeah. or what that meant wow so it was That's... like the it was like the girl that i asked one time i said you saw star wars right and she goes yeah i was really little i didn't like that jar jar guy though i was like holy shit she saw the <laughs> she saw the new ones when she was little yeah. like that's sad yeah that's like that's when a girl's awesome. like i love the karate kid with jaden smith i'm like oh forget oh, no. yeah. oh, God. It, it's over yeah it, it, now that you said that uh by the way have you guys heard the new one direction song by the way no <laughs> like i heard this new one direction one catching goes, up on the last hey, hey, hey. no 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 we're, hold on we're, we're gonna play this song now it, it's like so you know i'm not a one direction fan but i was watching some award show and um and and this song came on and it's funny because uh what's what is it one direction um 
Because it's like it's like a little kids like the, you know little girls like yeah. it. And um, and and, and you show up on the at the concert. Oh, That's no, what it is. but but I All heard the girls. But I heard this song and it is so fucked up. Because uh, if you listen, if you break down the lyrics to the to like this song, like what they're saying is like not what you would think from One Direction. Like mm-hmm. you would think like One Direction, they think about well, they're singing to a girl. Oh. You, 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 but you would think that they sing about like uh, let's say like you know like puppies hair or, gel or hair gel. But you actually Wait, listen. What? <laughs> I didn't think that song about hair that, gel. Not that's hair not gel. A pieces of a song. <laughs> no, no but you would, maybe hair for you. But yeah, exactly. Like, I got a song exactly. about hair gel. But no, but yeah. you would think they would think about like like romantic things. Like you know, okay, I want to be romantic. I, I want to take you on the you know. T- blow but, up I like how you looked me in the eyes. with you, I like how you looked at me in the eyes as you said romantic. Exactly, you're a romantic guy. I could see you being in a boy band. Have you ever been in a boy band? It's probably the worst boy band ever. Oh my god, he's been in a boy no, band. No, not awesome. <laughs> you were in a boy band? No, no, no. Yes, yes, he was. Look, he's lying now. He, he was like, yes, I would. No, okay, no, I mean, but no, listen to this One Direction song. Here, I'm, I'm going to play it right now. Mitch Rowan's ready whenever, by the way. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I might never be night and shine and armor. I might never be the one you take home to mother. And I might never be the one who brings you flowers. But I can't be the one, be the one tonight When I first saw you from across the room I could tell that you were curious Oh yeah, girl I hope you're sure what you're looking for Cause I'm not good at making promises <laughs> But if you like causing trouble up in hotel See, that's the that's the song. That's a little odd for One Direction, right? It's basically saying I'm never, I'm not gonna buy you flowers. I'm not gonna hold your hand. It's a one night stand. Song. But if you want right. to fuck in my hotel room, I'm the guy. It's basically telling someone they're not Beyonce, they're Rihanna. Yes. You're, coming, you're, you're my side chick. You're my side right. chick. I was gonna say they're just trying to catch up with the whole rap scene. That's is that all. what is it's going? But like for all what? rap is about that, right? But you wouldn't <laughs> expect it from Wonder. Like you, I, I looked. At the, uh, I was watching this on the award show, and little girls were singing this. Like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just panning the little girls singing this. I'm like Jesus Christ. Well, they need to keep a secret. Yeah, <laughs> they just keep snitches dig ditches. Exactly. All, all, of, sudden R, all of a sudden, R. Kelly comes in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> trip, trip, trip. Like, yeah. listen, you can't tell anyone. <laughs> all right. You're only 14, so I is need it, to make sure you keep a secret. If you like getting anal up and, like, yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't know. I was like, I was actually listening to this, like, holy shit, these guys are fucking, they, they, they went Have there. sex. Yeah, but they went there. They're yeah, like, I'm going to fuck enough. you in my hotel room. I'm never going to call they're, you. Listen, that's just managerial bullshit. They're like, listen, you need to be bad boys. Uh, okay, guys, we need a bad boy song. It's terrible when every band goes that direct, like that one direction. Yeah, yeah. no, um, when it's garbage. They, yeah, when fact, they, I'm mad at you for making me listen to that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's your favorite song. You know what exactly. I mean? My ears are comedy. bleeding. That was the worst. Because yep. <laughs> I was like, why are we fucking listening? Because I'm. To this? The, I don't we know, got no, one of the biggest motherfuckers on the no, planet. Yeah. No, but to, <laughs> to this point, uh, they were, when they first really first jumped on the scene, they had fucking chastity rings and all that bullshit. So again, it is a huge transition from where they started off of being this wholesome christian whatever you want to call it boy band to this now they're like bitch let's go let's go to the hotel i'm rich i'm famous let's do this 
Yeah, no, I kind of like it better actually. I think it's more, I think it's more honest. <laughs> it's 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 actually what's going on. I, I think it sounds like a decision made in a marketing fucking really boardroom. Like, listen, sure. guys, we got to we got to advance any of that. it. You guys are losing steam. You got to make you bad boys now. Losing steam, they're like the biggest band. the biggest thing ever. I'm just saying, like the, the whole nice guy they're... thing. They got to they got to do the next thing with them. You think so? Yeah, I think time to reinvent themselves. You don't think no. it's them just saying we're going to write whatever the fuck we want? No, we I don't, don't think they're writing shit. One, yeah. yeah, I don't think they're writing shit. They just show up. They're like, oh, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They go, guys, we've decided this for you now. They're like, great. I'm not even sure they're the ones singing the song. So exactly. You never know when. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back, back to fighting. Town. By the way, it came out. Uh, word is that BJ Penn is fighting Dennis Seaver for his uh, return fight. Dennis Seaver. I thought, oh, okay. The okay. dad from Full House? Yes. That's what uh, <laughs> Dennis Seaver, the German guy, German badass fighter. No, I know who you're talking I think about. it's a I good like fight Dennis for BJ Penn. Uh, I think it's a good fight for him. Uh, Wait. Just the idea of fighting again still? That wasn't Full House. That it was... was- was it 145 or 155? Danny Tanner. Danny, Danny Tanner, Tanner was Which in Which one was Seaver? Seaver was one with Kirk Cameron. That was That's uh, right. Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Pains. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, no. Why all look the same. McCorkle fixing that? I'm going to say like, wait a minute. In my mind, a family program. Because he's like 50. He remembers that. HGH is a wonderful thing. That's how I stay looking so young. It's a nootropic. So are we like, so are we liking that fight for BJ Penn? Yeah. Well, I think the end, was it 145 or 155? I think it's a 45. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where with BJ Penn, he's, again, uh, there's a difference between hard work and there's a difference between, uh, what do you call it, just God-given talent. I think BJ Penn is a remarkable individual that has God-given gifts for this. It just depends if he actually wants it. Um, It's 145 is a hard thing. He's never looked good at 145. So for me, as a fan and as someone that's inspired of what the stuff he's accomplished in his past, I think it's just the case where if he's just doing it to be, to do it, cause to like, just cause then save your brain cells. You, you don't need the money. You don't need the anything unless it's something, an actual passion you want to take. It's exactly where I'm at. I just don't, I don't know what I, I understand. It's BJ Penn and he's a legend and this and that, but I was at his last fight against Frankie Edgar. Yeah. It was horrible. He got beat up for three rounds. It yep. was, it was hard to watch. But to his defense, Dennis Seaver is no Frankie Edgar. So let's that's put it that, sure. that in that perspective. But again, why, why do you want to do it? Is it for, is it for your own ego? It could not, not to be me. Like, I'm not trying to be derogatory. I like, I think he's a great fighter. It's just what he's nearly 40 and he's just going to take this like casually. Yeah. Well, I know he's training at Jackson's for it. So I don't think Greg Jackson would, uh, would have him out there if he wasn't going to, you know, take it serious or will work out with him. I heard him in an interview say he was going to go to Jackson's for the whole camp. So that'd be the a, whole camp. Okay. Yeah. That'd be nice. He probably yeah, just doesn't want to go out the way I did, like losing to Richard White. No, cause I still want to fight at least one more time. Just go out on a win. Really? Yeah. I just, I would like to do it one more time just so I can say I won. I just don't know what the penalties are for a fight fixing. Yeah, but you're back. So, <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the problem. Um, you'll find that frat guy at that bar. Yeah. Oh Maybe God. I'll fight him for free. Uh, and then also, uh, so it turned out yesterday, Cain Velasquez pulled out of his fight yeah. two days ago. It was supposed to be Stipe versus uh, Verdum. And now Verdum said he had a hurt foot. He would have fought Cain with a hurt foot. He's not fighting Stipe with a hurt foot. So now he's out. Uh, so now they're saying, uh, Stevie, what are they saying? Wow. So wow. now they're saying Hendricks Thompson was still a good fight. A good fight. Hey, Great listen, fight, yeah. man. Great Smart, fight. Yeah. Love Johnny Hendricks. Jared Rochelle versus Roy Nelson is the co-main event. Yeah, but uh, a great promo for Subway because yes, yes. you know how Roy Nelson likes to just eat between rounds. Exactly. He's over there with a full a foot sub. Long, a foot long. Totally every time. Between each round. 
Or was we like to call them? I'm a McCorkle. I'm a McCorkle. I'm a McCorkle. Okay, so according to our great intern, CB Gold, who actually bought tickets for their $800 a piece to go there, uh, they're trying to save the card. Yeah, the good thing about Roy Nelson versus Rosholt as the co uh, is that people will tune that in and be like, you know what? I can be a fighter. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> if these guys are fighting, I can do it. In uh, fact, I can get out of shape more. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad said. My dad said, uh, I'm too my, in shape for this. Charlie Roy Nelson always uh, looks like he just parked the, the, the semi, like, <laughs> and then gets out and he's like, I'll fight you. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like like a Clint East, he's like a Clint Eastwood movie villain. Yes. That's what my dad awesome. said. He goes, The good thing about it, he could take any fight on late notice because he's never in shape. Yeah. It's not like he's yeah. like, he's just he's the same. But, but Roy Nelson, uh, you you know you wonder how good he could have been at 185 yeah. or at 170 or 200 or, two, two or even 205 yeah. you know i mean what does power go that's the only thing what does power go with with that gut but what do you think? I think at 205, he would have been probably best. But, I mean, there's something to say, too, for that extra weight when he's on top of guys. You know what I mean? Yep. Like when he did to yep. Kimbo, when he got him down, that that does help. I always said, and people thought I was crazy, but I was a far better fighter at 300 pounds than I was at 265. The thing far, about Roy, you know? though, is that he's never he hasn't done that strategy they did at Kimbo in a long yeah. time. Like when he did the Ultimate Fighter, every fight, yeah. he would do that to crucifix. Well, he's, he's better on the ground than he is yeah. standing up. That's the thing about Roy. I mean, he's phenomenal on the ground. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, Google, yeah, know that. YouTube, him, and Frank Mir in a grappling match. He put it on yep. here. Yeah. Something like, I don't know, 16 to 2 or 22 to yeah. 4 or something like that. Was but he crazy. doesn't do that anymore. Instead, he just stands Stand, in the pocket yeah. and just, just throws punches. punches. He wants that knockout of the night uh, yeah. bonus. Did yeah. they stop giving bonuses? I heard they stopped they giving, bonuses. giving bonuses. They, they just changed what the, the terms are. Right. right? It's I, not somebody said, of the night. somebody said the other day that now they, were, they weren't doing any more at all, like any bonuses at all, because everybody was bitching about the Reebok, which I don't know what that has to do with anything. But Well, you know uh, we are going to call the first ever Olympic American female uh, silver medalist, uh, okay. wrestler, Sarah McMahon. Yep. Love this chick. Right. Okay. Uh, and then Matt Mitrione afterwards. Uh, Sarah McMahon, who's coming off a tough loss to Amanda Nunez. Love Sarah. Hello? Hello, is this Sarah McMahon? Yes, it is. You're on the MMA Roasted podcast with Adam Hunter, Sean McCorkle, the Greg Wilson, and Elias Theodoro. Oh. I'm sorry. What's the last thing you said? Uh, Elias Theodoro. He's a one of the. He's a UFC fighter with long hair, better hair than you. Okay. How are you doing? Uh, I just didn't hear what you said. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. By the way, uh, I, I was looking you up last night. I heard now it's you want to be known as the Sarah McMahon, not Sarah McMahon. You're the Sarah McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, my nickname. Um, it's actually kind of I don't know a funny way that I got it just because I'm. I'm not like that at all. So yeah. my every single thing I've done, like ever, like I'm the Sarah McMahon, you know, like so everyone's making fun of me. And then finally, my daughter was like, "OMG, is that the Sarah McMahon?" I was like, "Oh God!" I tried to get rid of that nickname, but it it wouldn't go. Well, so. because our co-host is the Greg Wilson, so uh, that's why I thought it was funny. The Greg Wilson meets the Sarah McMahon. I thought that was a. Uh, I thought that was Let's funny. Let's get together and have the baby. That's what you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So how are you doing? You're coming. Uh, last time I saw you, uh, you had that rough fight against uh, Amanda Nunez. It was a, that was a rough night to watch. It was just a bad night uh, for you. But how are you? How have you recovered then? How's everything going? Things are going really good. Um, so I mean, it's a little bit better when things are uh, a mental problem. You know, like I just didn't show up correctly for you know again just on tune for the the fight because I've had. A tremendous amount of work in my life. I'm adjusting for those problems to competition. So 
that's something, I mean, maybe most people would rather it be like a problem technically, but um, mentally, like when you have to adjust something like that, it's like a light switch. As soon as you get it, that's not a problem anymore. So um, that was, you know, fairly easy. Everything else was going really well. Like I had a great weight cut. I had a really good camp. So, uh, you know, making mental adjustments, usually the turnaround's very fast. Now, what do you mean by that? Like, like, like just, because I'm, I'm kind of an idiot when it comes um, to that stuff. So please let me know. <laughs> I think so, you're really um, smart. When it, comes to, <laughs> when it comes to athletics, it's sort of like tuning your guitar. You know, if you uh, are a little too tight, you know, the strings are going to snap. If you're too loose, then, you know, like you play flat. And um, typically, if I was going to have any problems, usually it was on the air on the side of being like having too much energy, being too nervous and having like too much adrenaline that I've had to like basically calm myself down and get centered and focused. But um, like probably like a handful of times in my entire life, I've had the opposite problem. Um, and usually with like five or six years in between. And it's uh, that I was just was too flat. Like um, I noticed about two flights before mine that I was, I had no nerves at all, which is a problem. I mean, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to feel nervous. But when you're about to fight somebody, who, you know, you, you need nerves. They're your friends. They, um, they help you uh, stay focused. They give you tunnel vision. They give you your heart will pump harder. I mean, like it, you'll hit harder. I mean, there's a, it's a tremendous advantage. And Hulk. I mean, yeah. oh, my gosh, if you if you would have felt me before that, like my heart rate and everything, you would have thought I was going on a light Sunday jog. Right. So um, that was a problem, you know, and so like I fought, you know unfocused and flat. I felt two seconds behind everything where I normally have the adrenaline there to like, you know, I rely on it, that kind of surge and ugh, it wasn't there. So I, um, I have a sports psychologist and, you know, we started creating game plans and backup plans and just, you know, practicing things in, uh, in my practices and different mock fights to make sure that that didn't really happen again. And, it has happened before. I never really paid attention to it just because it was so infrequent that I thought it was a fluke. And then I was like, okay, I never want that to ever happen in an MMA fight again. <laughs> Sean, can you relate to that, Sean? Which, that? Can you uh, relate to what you're saying? Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, I don't know, man. It was weird with me. Like I would, I would get so nervous. I was more nervous about walking out in front of the crowd than I was at the actual fight. I just didn't like being the center of attention. And I would, man, I would gas immediately. No matter how much I warmed up in the back, oh, uh, I had that adrenaline yeah. dump 90 seconds in every fight. And it's just miserable for a couple minutes, you know, and then you get yeah. through it. And yeah, you hit a wall. Yeah, yeah you hit it's, a wall. that's what people would say, man, you weren't in shape. I'm like a crackhead can fight for longer than 90 seconds without, you know, getting tired. <laughs> I was in great shape. I just get it. It's just too, that adrenaline dump is ridiculous for me anyway. Elias, yeah. Elias, you're mine, coming up. You're mine first. isn't for the people. Mine is more for um, my own expectations of myself. I'm my worst critic. So that's the judge that I had to, you know, contend with if I didn't perform well. Elias, can you identify what, you, what you're saying? No, yeah, no. It just goes to the point where with something like what we do in regards to mixed martial arts and any type of competition, it's that one day. It's that one moment, that build up. And sometimes you just have a bad day. And unlike most people, when they have a day, bad day, they go home and kick the dog or we get our asses kicked on national TV. So, <laughs> there's, so like, there's so many, like there's so many stakes involved and in whether, again, it's whether nerves, whether it's lack of nerves, whether it's adrenaline, it, it, it just becomes the focus that the idea that there's two people that go in, only one comes out correct. And sometimes it's not your day. Um, you just want like what we need to do. And the craziest thing is like the idea of timing, uh, 
what do you call it? Just timing the fact of, you know, you want to peak on a, at, at like just a couple of weeks before because then you can go in and then you're not really training the last week and you can kind of heal and then you're worrying about your weight cut and then you have the fight and then you got to make sure that your your, your uh, hydration goes up. Then then it's the actual sleep that you have and then you got to make sure you wake up on the right day and then eat everything going forward and a whole list of things. But it could be all those things that fuck it up or just one little thing. It's just, just the high stakes of you two people and answer, the, the one don't. Of- Oh, sorry. No, go, go. I'm done. I'll big, stop talking. The biggest mistake that people make is, um, like, if you get too worked up about something going wrong mentally. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, that person, they're a head case and things like that. And that's, you know, some of the worst things you can do is start to, you know, create anxiety about that individual performance. I mean, really, it's, it's so much of, out of, you know, out of your control that, you know, to once you start creating that anxiety, it's a likelihood that you'll recreate the same circumstances. So really, um, you control your weight, you control the training that you put into things, um, you know, and you're, you control the attitude that you approach it with. But, you know, things like that, they're just less in your control. You can try to, you know, control different little factors that can usually work. But that's why, you know, you have like plans and the backup plans and, you know, whatever. But, you have to under you have to know that there are like different unforeseen factors like or like getting injured. You know, nobody plans yep. for that. Yep. But right. we're in a sport where you literally try to injure people. It's gonna happen in practice, you know? I know that uh Sarah's um, right when she talks about like a, it's almost self fulfilling prophecy. When I fought Stephen Struve, they made me the co main event of UFC one twenty four in my second fight in the UFC, biggest event they had ever done to that point, GSP pay per view in Montreal and um, I know that I kept thinking the only way he beats me is if I get tired. That's all I kept thinking. As long as I don't get tired, I'll win. That was my whole focus. Like if I just don't get tired. So a minute in, I'm thinking, oh no, I'm getting tired. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh no, I'm getting tired. And I started thinking I'm going to lose if I get tired. And the more I think about getting tired, the more I get tired. And, um, I know also, I mean, it didn't help that Dana said right as I walked out, like, Hey, this is your chance. If you win this, it'll change your life. I was like, awesome. Cause I already felt all like I was going to pass out. This is the second time I've ever met you, you know, or whatever. And see this chick that, yeah. when you get the banger and then you walk out you're like what the fuck Lose your term. yeah but and i'll tell you what would help i think anyway uh speaking for the fighters if they had guaranteed contracts where you know no matter what you're fighting four times for the ufc so you're not always thinking i have to win and be exciting or i might be working at best buy next week you know what yeah. i mean like that's yeah. truth to that. that's the thing well, and- i i pointed out too like the contradiction in that is that they want you to take risks but if you take risks and, and you gamble and you come out on the short end your job's at risk. We can never divorce ourselves from the fact that, you know, our job is on the line, you yeah. know, and any bad performance can lead to that. So you can't have somebody and ask them to take risks and then not reward them for trying that risk, right. yep. you know? That's what happened to Paul Bradley. So, um, Paul Bradley took a fight on five days notice, cut 30 pounds in five days, almost died doing it. It was a second fight in UFC, and then they told him, hey, this is just a throwaway fight. You're taking on such short notice. You know, even if you look terrible, uh, we'll still keep you. So he goes out and fights, loses a terrible split decision. He should have won, and then they cut him two days later, you know, or whatever. And he was like, I never would have taken that fight if I would have known I was going to get cut if I lost because he knew going in, you know, the odds were stacked against him. And then if you don't take it, they say, oh, you're ducking this person. You're ducking. So, Sarah, who do you want to fight? Who do you want to fight next? I I don't know. You know, I never really even think about that because it really has never been much of a choice of mine. You know, like I, they really just come to me and say, Hey, you want to fight this person? And pretty much I'm like, okay. You know, cause in wrestling you just show up and you're supposed to go against whoever. So I don't really like get one person in my mind. Cause I kind of 
sometimes I can get a little bit, you know, tied to that idea. And then, you know, and then I'm like, so I sometimes what I'll periodically do is just take all the girls in my weight class and pick somebody out for that day. And I'll try to like have somebody fight that style. So then if any one of them come up, you know, I'll be like, oh, I trained for that, you know, but if I get one certain person in my head and then I get someone who has opposite style, I don't ever want that to like mess with me because really it's out of my control. All right. So who wins, Misha or Holly? Uh, I put my money on Holly. Nice. How? Mm. How does she win? I um, I just think that she might be able to keep Misha at bay pretty well. You know, it's going to be very tough for Misha to get in. It's going to be tough for anybody to get in. You know, she's a long opponent. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think that she's going to knock her out. I think Nisha has a pretty tough chin, so it's possible, but I don't think so. I think she should protect herself enough, but, um, I just think that Holly's a better striker and is going to be able to keep it on her feet. Now, I remember last time uh, you were on the show, you were recently divorced. You were lonely and horny. Uh, you were, you were... Okay, I, I never was married, so I definitely was not divorced. <laughs> okay, all right. And, so you, uh, but the horny, horny part. Nor was I lonely, lonely and horny. I was just uh, single and uh, Sounds trying like not to mess with boys. Okay, so you, you, were, you were single. and you Now, are you on Tinder? Are you on Bumble? What's oh, going God, on? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. All right. No, so definitely not. Are you, are you dating anyone? Um, kind of. Now, how did this happen? (laughs) How did this happen? Yeah, like... Well, a a boy becomes interested in a girl, and then uh, starts sending her text messages (laughs) when he gets her number. No, but but I'm saying... But, I mean, are you you cruising, like, cougar bars? Like, how are you... How did did he meet you? Applebee's. Applebee's. Um, How romantic. At fights. At fights. Oh, okay. okay, so he went up to you and he was like, yeah. hey, you're kind of cute. Well, you want to go out for a drink? <laughs> Only kind of. Are you very cute? What, 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 did, what did he say I, to you? Um, so I, I met him previously when I was dating somebody else. Oh. Um, but um, So I kind of knew him a little bit. And then, um, so he started... You know, he just basically, I ended up sitting up close to the cage for my, um, to corner one of my friends. And, um, so we just ended up talking naturally because we're both fighters. And, um, I don't know. I just thought he was kind of hot. Who and, is it? Um, <laughs> none of your business. Oh my gosh. All right. It's in South, all right. It's in South Carolina, right? Is it Derek Brunson? No, no. Oh. Um, so, uh, it's it's young. It's young. I don't want to like. Oh, it's you know, how young is he? He's like, how young? Yeah. Like, is it is he like? No, no, can no, he get no. into the bar? Can he get into the bar? Young. Holy moly! <laughs> Does he, he go to your daughter's school? Than me, <laughs> she said, but, said holy moly. But, <laughs> <laughs> is it Justin no, Scoggins? Saying, no, it is not. <laughs> he's, it's not. He's not that young. Is he in the UFC? No. Is he in Bellator? Oh, Seven billion people out there. Is he in Bellator? No. I'm I'm not gonna narrow down this list. I'm just saying Are that getting warmer. Are you fighter? getting warmer? No. no, you know what though? Um it is kind of insulting to think that you think that I would only date another high profile fighter. I'm not insulting, oh, I'm trying oh, to think yeah. of who who I know. All right, so is he in the uh, he's in well, WSOF? No, you, so he's a fighter. Is he what? Is he in the World Series of Fighting? <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I'm not Is it Waldo? Is it Waldo? Is it Waldo and where is he? It's Sage Northcutt. (laughs) Sage Northcutt. Nobody knows where he is. It's It's Sage Northcutt? No. Is it Conor McGregor? Is that what the rest of the interview is going to be like? Like you're dying. Wait, wait. Would you date Conor McGregor? No. Con- Are you kidding me? You wouldn't want to go on a date with a notorious MMA, the number one fighter in the whole world. That sounded more like a leprechaun. All I do, all I do is dream of McMahon on my little fighter. What, Sarah, you hear that? Connor, Connor showed up, but he, he actually has a crush on you. No, he has a he has a long term girlfriend. I'm pretty sure yep. that. Don't worry about her. <laughs> I keep her in the basement where she belongs. <laughs> so, Connor, would you would you date Sarah McMahon? Connor? Of course I would. Not out in public, of course. Why not in public? Because I have another girlfriend. Okay, but you would you would you would you would, you would bang her hey, and stuff. Hey, of course I would. I just want I want that to be clear. What's I that? I want to be the main bitch, not a side <laughs> Sarah wants to be the main bitch, Connor. She can be my main bitch during the fight. <laughs> so long as she carries the card and walks around the ring. Wow. All right. All right. So you're dating a fighter. Well, you guys must have crazy sex. Am I right, Sarah? I mean, you could. You got I me. Mean, oh, my God. Well, there's no need to bring fictional no, characters into this. Look, you guys are both fighters. The testosterone's up there. You got nice arms. I could see you probably. Some estrogen as well. You, you probably submit him a little. You, right? Who gets top? Do you guys like always like. I would never. I would never date a guy I could beat. Never, ever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we're off the list, Adam. I <laughs> mean, Greg are fucked. Poor Brian Caraway. <laughs> and Brian Caraway as well. Poor him. Poor him. <laughs> All right, so he's a fighter. Oh, man. All right, okay. So you're not going to tell us who it is. Okay. No. No, no. All right. Well. But. <laughs> it really doesn't matter anyways we'll have to hack no, it doesn't. talk about my fighting instead yes, of exactly. dating Word. Okay, I feel the same way he's always trying to ask uh, Adam's always trying to ask who I'm dating and like pictures of my cock and yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it gets really well, weird you don't send dick pics oh my god what a jerk actually, yes exactly but, I anyway, actually stopped sending them Sarah because my that guy yeah, I know yeah, I stopped sending them because the uh, panoramic option on my phone yes. stopped working and so it's no longer a possibility for me but I did Sean have is a, very modest I did. anyways I actually would prefer to date a guy who just has like a career I don't really understood like even before a before normal I person guy, I vowed I was like I don't want to fight I don't want to date fighters you know like there's just certain things that come along with fighters that I don't want. I was like, I want a guy who has got, you know, has built a life, you know. And so he fights, but he more fights, you know, for enjoyment. And not it's not where he's, you know, going to invest. So, it's CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. No. Is he what? It's CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, oh my god, you're so good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I think he manages a radio shack. That's what <laughs> no, uh, what's it called? Uh, to Sarah's uh, point, I think the idea of dating a fighter can be kind of challenging in its own right because we are, and our career is a very selfish one. It's always about uh, me, 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 all the way to the build up of fight and. Uh, I can totally understand why you would want to. Don't you find that girls want to just bang you and then like leave you? Oh, we like a bucket list kind of thing versus like actually like date you, date you. Well, yeah, I I can see your point. I worry about that to be completely honest. Like there's a long period of time where I'm like, I don't trust you. You have to really like prove your worth because you don't know who like 
actually is interested in you or wants to bang Sarah McMahon. So now the Sarah Graham, my bad. Now does he wear your medal? While you guys have no, no. <laughs> can Adam wear your medal? Because that's where he's going. That would be so hot if I, if I got awkward. to wear a wrestling. So hot. Uh, come over and I'll let you wear my belt. We'll Are you do kidding? it while you're wearing my belt. That would be amazing. Having like, we get to wear a silver medalist uh, uh, belt, a medal around you while doing it. Yeah, you'd look like a rapper. Yes, yes. Uh, but to get back into fighting, uh, Sarah, when do you want to get fight again? Like you haven't, you said you didn't, you don't have uh, an opponent. When do you want to fight again? As soon as possible. Like, um, I would fight like, yeah, I want to fight in March. Like nice. just because now I can get a little bit of time. Like mid March would be perfect. Like early March would be for, fine. I can get ready in that amount of time. Sarah, I've heard this is I've heard a lot of guys in the UFC say this, um, and it wasn't the case for me because I was so marketable. They fought me every two months, but um, they um, <laughs> the Hulk, the Hulk. No, um, I'm just curious. A lot of people, you know, like Matt Mitrione, um, was complaining he only fought once in 2015, um, and uh, now he's hurt. So no, no, you know, he may only fight once in two years. Um, everybody I know, from Chris Lytle to other people, always said they constantly told Joe Silva, "I want to fight three or four times this year." Is that the case with you? That it's hard to get fights because a lot of people yeah. are saying that. And that's what I don't understand yeah. with as shitty as the cards no, are. No, they fight twice a year. Yeah. With yeah. as shitty as the cards are and the way they're pushing the women's division, I would think you would be on three or four times a year, you know, because you're one of the few. I would few love with, that. Yeah. Um, it's, and yeah, I think that's I what the, love that. I think that's what the complaint with fighter pay to a degree is people. It isn't even what they're saying, what they're getting paid per fight is they can't fight enough to make it a full-time job. You know, it's like they have to go yeah. find other ways to make ends meet with the Reebok deal now because they, you know, are only fighting once or twice a year. So now Sarah, yeah. I actually, I, I uh, saw a video uh, of you doing a jiu-jitsu tournament and you went up against like a young girl she must have been 16 but she heel hooked you right yeah. uh yeah and, and oh, I, no no it was a knee bar a knee bar now what was what was going on there because people were like making a big deal like oh this girl beat a ufc girl but i'm like yeah but it, you, there's no punches being uh, thrown it's a jiu-jitsu tournament yeah yeah but no 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 if somebody gets me okay if it's heel hook knee bar i mean i'll top out an ankle lock but if it's anything that will could possibly be a career-ending injury. Yeah, I'm like, totally. as soon as she rolled over, I was like, ah, get off my leg. You know, like, because I don't know if she's going to try and crank it. I don't, I mean, it was a submission-only tournament, and I had just seen three people leave because they, two people didn't tap for arm bars, one person didn't tap to a Kimura, and you heard it pop. And I was Oof. like, that ain't happening to me. Like, this is something I do for fun, yeah, and it's totally. great. And really, my my philosophy is, I need to beat you to the punch, you know, but I will never, ever risk tearing my knee out over some small grappling tournament. So if someone gets to a position, then congratulations, they can, you know, they can have that. And I don't fight, like, I'm not going to go crazy and fight things in practice. If it's a UFC fight and it's my career and it's like a title fight, yeah, I'll try to wiggle out of there and risk, you know, blowing my knee out or whatever to, you know, to win a fight. But when it's a small tournament, I do those for fun. I do it for, you know, different well, experiences and never would I. Was I it damaging to your ego at all, though? Was it damaging your ego going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the best fighters in the world. And now this girl made like, like made her career. No, no, no. We were totally making fun of me like that day. Well, like, <laughs> she's like younger, but I was like, you even make fun of her more like, yeah, better watch that or I'll get, you know, I said, no one get tapped up by a 14 year old. And then, you know, then later on the day, she's a 12 year old. And, you know, like we just had, <laughs> we just don't care, you know, probably like, went, she probably so went home and looked at her. Was, I was going to say, you probably went home and looked at her. Shit. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, good, 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 good. Because I was, I was, I was, I was but, actually but I worried worry. for you. For I was second. like, no, no. I would be worried more. I started to think about it. And I was like, I talked to my manager because I'm like, you know, is this going to affect my career? Because I do these things because I want to get more competition. I yep. want to get more experience, experience with jiu-jitsu. Totally. And I was like, is this going to affect my career? And he said, because I, I said I want more competition. You know, I said I'm willing to make that sacrifice that I will lose to a jiu-jitsu girl. You know, in a position where. I could smash her head in if this were a fight, but it's just not the case, you know? So, um, and the manager said, no, if you, if you feel like getting more competition and getting better, if that, that doesn't matter if you go into a fight and have a great performance on the ground and things like that, like your actual fighting is what matters, right. not what you do outside of it. So oh, I was like, okay. then I'm going to keep doing them. Good, good, good. Well, listen, Sarah, I think you're amazing. I'm so happy that you found love. Uh, I um, <laughs> young love. <laughs> I think you're you're one oh my of God. <laughs> young relationship, and you're trying to put that evil on me. <laughs> you're, you're one of my favorite fighters. One of my favorite people. You're a beautiful person inside and out, and uh, and I am I am a huge fan of yours. So thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you, and have have a great rest of the week. Ah, uh, you too. Bye bye. Right. Sarah McMahon. I like her. Yeah, she's swell. Isn't yeah. she? Isn't she sweet? Yeah. I thought she was getting irritated with you for a minute. I was like, this is, I didn't know. Oh, I really? couldn't tell if she was mad or not yet. Oh, no. like, I don't we know. I'd rather talk about my fights. Oh, we always give her a hard time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would, would, would you uh, go for her? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some silver metal stank on me. Sure. Stank. That's what I was going to say. If she feels bad about getting tapped out, she probably looks at her silver medals. Like, you know what? I'm all right after all. It yeah, doesn't yeah, exactly. that much after all. It's name of competition, man. That's how it is. Do you guys do any grappling tournaments? Uh, I did when I like the first couple of weeks. Uh, first couple of months, I started martial arts. But uh, I did a lot of kickboxing fights. Um, I, For instance, like back home, again, with uh, I find in jiu-jitsu specifically there's a lot of politics involved so like one time uh i was doing a competition and i basically pinned him and supposed to get a couple points or whatever the case and they didn't give it to me because so i later find out the guy the referee was actually his coach so uh, i was just like ah oh, well this yeah. is stupid and, yeah, and said, me. yeah and then instead instead what i did was why don't i just do a couple kickboxing fights and i can just knock the guy's block off and like oh well, what's ref that yeah this ref point, doesn't matter right? if I break when, I, when I was like uh in high school my little brother played baseball, and I would go to his games, and the umpire would never show up. So I would just ump the games. I pretended I was the umpire, <laughs> and I was I was the most corrupt umpire. Like yes, they were up awesome. on my, I'm like ball one, ball. Like, I'm like my kid, just don't swing. I'll I'll, I'll get you on base. <laughs> and like, and like, I was completely, I was like the, I was like naked gun. Remember yeah. naked gun yeah. when he like, throws the balls in the air and like as, as the umpire. Adam had money on it. exactly all the money on. That's it. exactly what I did. I was just yeah. I was like fuck. That's my little brother. I got I got to cheat for him. Yeah. yeah. The only uh, grappling match I ever lost was actually I lost two. One to Dan Hornbuck when he was very first starting and I was first starting he got seven points on one move in three seconds and I was like that's it no he can't have seven points he beat me um nine to eight um he was down eight to two and he got seven points in three seconds and the guy said no he swept you then pass guard then mounted you and I was like no I tried to go for an armbar and missed it and he jumped into mount you know that wasn't a sweep that wasn't a pass for sure you know um but it turns out the guy was his training partner was it Indian Um, reservation or something no uh no (laughs) (laughs) I did lose uh twelve hundred dollars on an Indian casino one time and I told the dealer well I guess that settles us up for Missouri huh (laughs) (laughs) he didn't get it 
Did I tell you about when I was texting that Native American girl and Joe Silva got mad at me? Well, no, what happened? I was texting this Native American girl, right? And uh, giving her shit about Thanksgiving and stuff or whatever. And uh, she <laughs> Dinner had, talk. Yeah. Said, sorry, we stole all your shit and made it way better. But um, I, uh, <laughs> I just texted her and she said she's on her college rowing team. And I said, I bet you can canoe like a motherfucker, which is a great joke, yeah. right? So I screenshot it and put it on Twitter. And then like two days later, I get a text from Joe Silva. said, Sean, Joe Silva, UFC. I was like, hey, Joe. He said, can you do me a favor? I was like, anything you want. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to, like I would blow a pig. Um, no, but I was just trying to. <laughs> Trying to stay in their good graces. Um, so I was like, anything you want. He said, can you stop saying racist shit on Twitter? And I was like, oh, so I knew he was mad, right? Yeah. So I just texted him back and say, what if it's really funny, though, Joe? <laughs> like, that's what he, he said. He no. just, oh, my God, was all he said back. And so I was like, I just left it at that. I don't know what else to say. <sighs> then I was released shortly thereafter. <laughs> but that's a true story. I, believe, I, I actually, but everything you say, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. Now, uh, okay, by the way, that interview, by the way, was brought to you by Decipher. It's a lifestyle uh, firm, and they offer expertise in coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Call them today at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622, as well as tip a fighter. Okay, fighters are underpaid. It's nonsense. Okay, Bubba Jenkins has come up with a way where we could actually make a difference. Tipafighter.com. We could pay fighters for fighting. You can tip them. Look, you win $50,000, give them a grand. Give them two grand. Give them five grand. Okay, give them 20 bucks. It, everything makes a difference. Tipafighter.com at Tipafighter. Uh, now we are going to call Meathead. Yes. Matt Mitrione, uh, who actually is coming off a rough eye injury. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a shoulder. And a shoulder injury. I'm surprised you even finished that fight. Uh, I don't think anybody would have uh, would have uh, given him shit had he just said, fuck this. Yeah. No. I fought with a dislocated shoulder one time, three rounds. It's no fun. That was, Against who? Uh, a guy named Tiny Norton. He sucked real bad. <laughs> he sucked so bad that I could not. The only reason I kept fighting was I was not going to lose to him. I was like, this dude is not going to be the person that beats me. I was Tiny Norton? That's what they called him, Tiny Norton. One of those ironic names. Yeah, he's, yeah. Tiny, yeah, he's 400 pounds. Yeah. He sucked. Tiny Norton. He had a good chin. Richard but, White. Yeah, he was no Richard White. <laughs> you got to write a book, man. <laughs> I know. I'm working on it. It's going to start with my text messages to girls. <laughs> Hey, Matt, how's it going? You're at Adam Hunter. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. What's up, dude? What's up, man? It's me, Sean McCorkle, Elias Theodoro, the Greg Wilson. How are you feeling, man? How's your eye? I, I could not be much better. Uh, my eye is good. It's actually, dude, I, I've been probably 95% painless the, uh, you know, for the whole time. I had uh, my shoulder looked kind of gruesome, but yep. it, it was it's been separated from football, so it really it didn't bother me. It was just kind of like a like an aggravation of an older injury, so it wasn't really that yeah. bad. Can you see out of the eye? I can see how ugly you are. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, Matt, I always thought that you no didn't problem. like me, man, because uh, uh, yeah. I, I remember I was on TV on Fox Sports. Uh, it was my big thing on Tough Talk, and I said something to uh, Gilbert Melendez, and he said something back to me, and then Matt tweets, way to shut that nerd up. Uh, I, that was one thing. <laughs> and, and then one time you were in a bad mood. You're like, send me a funny video. So I tweeted you the video of me and, the, and like the wedding, getting attacked at a wedding. You write back. That was awkward. I'm like, geez, thanks, man. This, this guy's great. And so, and then, and then oh. another time, you were like, uh, someone's like, go on MMA roasted. You're like, yeah, Sean McCorkle fucked that dude up in a in a roast battle. So I was like, all right. Well, this, that part was true. I was like, this guy just doesn't like me. And so I was, like, I kind of gave up. Then I asked Sean. I go, Sean, how come Matt no, doesn't no. like? Me? So anyway, go on. 
Yeah, no, actually, it's uh, I, I heckle and ridicule all my friends. That's why that's why I only have about three or four of them left. <laughs> right. So, um, and Corky, Corky just doesn't have enough high, doesn't have enough self esteem to leave me as a friend yet. Well, didn't you say you once visited him in Vegas and he didn't show up for a week? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I flew out specifically to help Matt get ready for his fight because he needed a big body in there to beat the shit out of. So uh, I show up the first day. He's supposed to have a hotel for me, car, all this stuff. I show up. I can't get a hold of him, so I got to get a taxi to the hotel. I go ahead and stay at the wind because I'm rich and shit. But um, <laughs> I stay at the wind. The next morning, he's like, hey, I'll be there in five to get you. I'm like, dude, I just woke up. Hold on. And so I stand outside the wind for 45 minutes. He never shows. <laughs> then I get a text that says, hey, just get a cab to uh, Couture's gym. No address, no anything. I was like, dude, I'm going to the pool. I to the pool. And I think I only saw you once that well, week, Matt. I was out there, for, out there for a week to help you train. I think we only saw each other once. So, you know, it's, um, you know, sometimes if you take Corky's word for things, you're going to lose a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of things on the inside, you know, but unfortunately that's a pretty much inc- incredibly true. I set him up and, uh, I'm sorry about that. I was much like, uh, much like your first wedding. Just got stood up at the altar there, buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's rough. Now that your fight against Travis Brown, do you think that he was, had, uh, eye poking you on purpose? No, I don't think that it's possible to eye poke on purpose in that kind of situation. I don't think that there's that type of a thought. Um, you know, and I don't think Travis is a, is, is a is a cheater. I don't think he's a dirty guy like that. Um, but I know that he was in peril. I know that I, I was coming for blood, and I know he felt it. So, um, you know, it's an ugly situation, and it was very unfortunate. It should have been considered no contest. The referee should have called it. The referee also should not have told me to not jump into his fingers. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so there's, there's, there's a pretty significant amount of things that didn't go properly uh, in that fight. There's a clip on the internet of the they someone put it on there, tweet it to me of the referee saying you have to quit jumping into his fingers. The ref Jesus actually Christ. says that to Matt. Wow. And I text him, Matt, like, did you see this shit? He goes, dude, I was there. And I was like, okay, I'm just making sure that he you knew he said that to wow. you because I couldn't believe like that was absolutely amazing. Wow. Matt, we were wondering on the shoulder. Did you know it was out when he slammed you? I mean, did you know the degree to which you were hurt when he slammed you on your shoulder uh, during the fight? I, I felt. I, I felt it kind of mush, you know, like uh, if anybody's ever separated their shoulders, they're familiar with that feeling like where it's like, yeah, it's not right. Something here is going to go wrong. And I knew like when, when he was mounted and I couldn't, I couldn't push, I couldn't get any kind of pressure. I couldn't strip. I couldn't do anything with it. That's when I was like, okay, yeah, something's not right here. Like, so I knew that something had happened. I just wasn't exactly sure what. But um, but I could uh, but I could definitely tell that I did something or that he did something to it that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Now, when you had your shoes off in that interview beforehand, was that because they made you, you weren't wearing Reebok? They made you take your shoes off. Yeah. So the the, the legit truth to that is um, that I was at uh, I, I was already at the interviews, and Ariel was the last guy to go, and the UFC forgot that I had had not done my interview with him yet, <clears throat> so they let me go away, let me go home. But when I came down there the first time, I go back to my room. So when I came down there the first time. Uh, they gave me, cause I was wearing a pair of, uh, I think I was wearing a pair of J's and they didn't, they didn't want me to wear them. So I didn't wear them, but then they gave me a pair of size 15s, but I wore like a 16 and probably like a 17 in the Reebok and they, they run narrow. So they, they didn't fit very well. So I, I did, I did some of the interviews with my flip flops on, but it just didn't feel very right. You know, cause my toe, my toes are getting squeezed and didn't feel good. <clears throat> so I took them off when I got done. And then when they called me back to finish the interview with Ariel, then I came back and that's when I had uh, a pair of J's on. And I didn't have the flip-flops, and I didn't want to wear them because they didn't fit right. So so then in that situation, that's when I was barefooted. 
What's so, crazy? But it wasn't like this big planned protest about it, but it didn't. Uh, from what I understand, the, the UFC and Reebok kind of caught hell over it. Yeah, right. th- dude, that's what I thought you were doing it as a silent protest, like as a joke, like, oh, I, I can only wear Reebok. But the fact they would be so petty as to tell you you have to cover up your polo or not wear Jordans to an interview is, I mean, you got pictures of Dana White walking in the airport with Ronda Rousey wearing all Nike everywhere two days after the Reebok deal signed, you know? So, like, it's, uh, I don't know, it shocked yeah. me. So, I, I think it's a, a, an extremely valid point you bring up. And I think that, you know, like, what is, it's a good thing, it's a bad thing that we – that you and I, Corky, very, very freely point out the hypocrisy of certain things. Um, you know, especially, uh, especially when my paycheck kind of depends on, uh, you know, like it depends on the USC. And so it, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing that, that we see that and that we feel so freely to speak about it, but it's also kind of a, it's a very liberating thing also at the same time. Well, you did say something about how, hey, hey, how... Guys, hey I'm going to interview. you. Can you guys pipe down? Sorry, I did say something my children about, beat them with sticks. Uh, <laughs> you did say something about like how it is nonsense that you're making less than guys like Northcutt or Paige Van Zant when you know you've had how many fights in the UFC? So many fifteen, fifteen fights, and these other guys have had two. And does honestly, if I know that Matt Mitrione's fighting, I'm going to tune in before if I know, you know, Sage Northcutt or Paige Van Zant's fighting. Well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate that significantly. I really do. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I really don't care that they're getting paid that much as long as that affects the rest of the scale, you know, like, and, and, you know, if it's for the greater good of everybody else, then I don't mind at all. That's great. And I don't mind that they even make more than me in that situation. Um, but, uh, you know, also, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fight. Hey, hold on a second. Hey, guys. Kind of split. Go away. Shoot up. Um, <laughs> Where's that stick? So, uh, no, so it, yeah, that, that's that good dad part right there. Yeah. Uh, hey, go play in traffic, kid. Yeah. Um, Matt's going to so, get fined now? You no, know, there's a, yeah, for sure. Like, 25 grand. I'm like DCFS knocking on my door here. Exactly. Your, it has to be um, a, a Reebok stick. That you beat yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like Nate Diaz said, the Reebok jeans. Perfect answer. That was um, great. My mugshot. I'm like, yeah, I'll make sure I wear my Reebok shirt in my mugshot. Um, you know, like, uh, it, it, it's, I don't remember what the hell it was just asked. Sorry, boys. That's all right. About, about Sage and Paige getting more than you. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really care. I don't even really care that they make more than me as long as it, as long as it affects the scale uh, on, on a positive way and it's for the greater good, then 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 great. I also like, oh, that's what I was saying. I don't know much about cyber media, like social media and stuff like that. So like, I don't know how, how a kid who's 19 years old, who has fought six times in his life has 200,000 followers on, on Instagram. You know, I don't know if it's because he has muscles that he man doesn't even have, you know, I don't know if that's what it is. Or if I don't know if he bought those 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 people or whatever, I don't know. But I, like, I'm certain that that has an effect on why he got paid so much and why he had so much negotiating power with the UFC. So I mean, you know, good for him, and he grew up in that generation, and uh, apparently he's doing a really good job for himself. I don't want everybody else. I don't want their pay lowered. I want everybody else's pay raised. Right. You know, right. and I found like it was really it was interesting because I mean, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible to lower somebody else's money. Terrible. Um, and I don't want that for anybody. And I'm glad the kid can afford a hundred thousand dollar car or whatever that some whatever car he got was, whatever that is. I'm glad he can afford that. That's great, and it's it's great for us that he can afford that. Um, but I have a problem with um, the fact that that this kid who's 19 years old, um, you know, uh, you know, has is getting paid this much money, and you got guys like. Um, you know, like Tim Bosch or or Ed Herman or this guy or that guy or Jim Miller, 
who's been around for that long, and they're still getting raked over the coals. Right. So what are you going to do now? Now that your contract is up, are you going to go to Bellator? Are you going to go to 1FC? Are you going to stay in the UFC? What do you think you're going to do? Um, you know, man, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to enjoy my free agency. And by that, I mean, like, I'm going to, I'm going to relax. I know I, if I want to keep fighting, I'm going to have a job. I know that somewhere. And, um, you know, and, and I think that I proved that my worth is, is, is what I feel it is. Uh, I feel like I was beating Travis Brown. Uh, oh my, let's talk about this just for a minute. Okay. Just talk about this Travis Brown fight. How in the, how in the holy hell can I drop him with a, with a short left in the first round and lose the round? How in the hell does that happen with any yep. judge? No, I agree. Let alone all three, let alone all three judges. Wait, How so you lost I, that round? I, I controlled it. I lost the first round. I dropped him with a straight left. They were all a I mean, short straight left. All, all the judges were Armenian. They were all. <laughs> no, I, how did, did, they, did they let you see the scorecards? How do you know you lost the first round? Because that's a joke. It yes, wasn't I, I even close. That is amazing. I, I saw the scorecards. That is bullshit. Dude, I lost. I lost the first and the second round, which is crazy. <laughs> it blows <laughs> my mind that I lost the. But dude, like, and, and what's worse is I just watched the fight yesterday, right, for the first time. So, like, dude, I was getting out on Travis, and I knew yep. that it was time to go. I knew it was time to put pressure on him, and that's the second round. So, so like, with all the stuff I just looked at, right? And so I got poked in the eye the first time with 11 seconds left in the first round. <clears throat> two minutes and 40 seconds later, I got poked a second time. Not two minutes and 40 seconds of fight time, two minutes and 40 seconds of real-life time. Right. I got poked in the eye the second time. So within three minutes, I get poked in the eye with vengeance, and then I'm supposed to be okay. And like, like, and like, and the referee didn't even stop the fight and made me fight 32 seconds longer after I got poked in the eye, and made me, made me just swing for the fences. Dude, that's bogus. And then to tell me at the end of all that, hey, stop jumping into his fingers. <laughs> right. What? Yeah, no, it was ugly. The well, whole thing was really ugly and hard to watch. Why were you not given five minutes, Matt? Is that not the rule? I thought okay, no, not eyes, not eyes. It's just the groin. Okay, that that is correct. I don't know who said that. I did. Elias, Elias, Elias Theodoro. I well, thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, you're right, man. It, it, so, is that the rule just in Massachusetts, or is that across the board? That's across the board. It's just one of the ideas that with the groin, um, it's the fact that your testicles are a certain. Like when you get hit in the nuts, it, it'll eventually come too. But in the eyes, uh, it's more the safety of the eyes. Um, the, what they're saying is, if you can't see right away, then we don't want any effect on vision. Because if if you get hit in the groin, it, even if it's bruised, even if it's hurt, it can continue on. Uh, eyesight's permanent, um, and if you really got hit in the in the testicles, uh, it'll eventually come back. That rule was made by someone who's never been poked in the eye before, <laughs> or hit in the uh, junk. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, when the when you got poked in the eye with those fingers, do those fingers smell like championship judo pussy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I was could you smell it on there like make that noise. Make that noise. What's that? <laughs> Uh, so that's the real. That's the real question everybody wants to know. Like, not how's your eye? It's like, hey, yeah. Speaking smell? of which, like, what's really going on? Now, you, now, now, you were in the NFL for a while. You were a New York Giant, by the way, nice. and, and you're friends with J- Jeremy Shockey. Who I hung out with Jeremy Shockey one day, right after he graduated from Miami. No one knew who he was in New York. He was banging this hot chick from Miami. He was one of the coolest guys I met in my life. He we went out to some arcade. He's like a child. He's like a seven year old with tons of money. Who was just buying me video games? It was the uh, one of the most fun I've ever had in my life. But uh, did you get more chicks playing football or doing uh, MMA? 
MMA has a thousand groupies, but they're all dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Answer his question. <laughs> so you got way more pussy playing football, huh? Um, I, I've had a good life, buddy. I've had a good life. Nice. But, um, I know when it, when, it, when it comes to MMA, everybody you get, you get chased down by is a dude. Or some dude that's having his girl post up with you so he can get a picture just so he can get the hustle in there. Fair enough. Or you get, you get indecent proposals. One of those three is yeah. going to happen all the time. Do you, do you still hang out with Drew Brees? Um, no. I, 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 Drew and I kicked it last time at the Super Bowl when it was in Indianapolis. But um, but since then I haven't uh, haven't kicked with them. Been in touch with them, you know. Like I had a fight in New Orleans, and and I uh, was in touch with them there. Didn't get to cross paths with them. But um, he, he's a he's a he's a great dude, great great dude, and he's always at Purdue. And I think that if he were to retire from playing football, I would not be surprised if he ended up uh, being involved somehow at Purdue University. Now, which which, which was harder for you, playing pro football or uh, mixed martial arts? Um. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, pro football. Well, football was always something that just, it, it was a gift that I always had. You know, I was always good at football. Um, and I'm, I haven't always been good at fighting. I had to, had to learn a lot and really, really grind. Like, even in practice in football, like when we're going over some new defense or whatever else, like I always just kind of got it. You know, or a new move, I'd always just kind of understand it. So I don't, I don't really know. I guess I have to say MMA was harder, um, but. I've also really enjoyed the grind of it a lot. Matt doesn't realize how odd it is for a guy to have no professional fights and go in and start winning in the UFC when his yeah. first five or six fights. Like, that is uh, something people work their whole lives to even get a shot in the UFC, and Matt just walks in like, oh, okay, so you punch and kick him and starts knocking out everybody. One of my favorite fights is when he just beat up Kimbo. That was he, great. He destroyed Kimbo yep. Slice. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. So many great fights. What fight would you think that you'd like to have back, though? Is it the Schaub fight or uh, the Roy well, Nelson fight? Well. <laughs> I mean, kind of, is it too early to say Travis? <laughs> Travis too soon, too soon. Too soon. By, by, the way, you're, by the way, you're from Illinois, Springfield. I used to play Donnie B's uh, at String. At, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to do that comedy club all the time in Springfield, Illinois, uh, which is your hometown. Yeah, I didn't know you made those rounds, man. I, I, I've been around for a while, a long time. Uh, did, you, did you stop in and get a horseshoe? Uh, did I do what? Get a horseshoe? No, I didn't. Did you stop in and get a horseshoe? No, I don't. No, I didn't get a horseshoe. I, I did get. I might have gotten some uh, chlamydia. Yes, some of those checks. Yes. There, but uh, <laughs> one in four. One in four. <laughs> one in four. One in four. I think Remember that's the, herpes. No, well, uh, what's called chlamydia is actually one of the the most is the most uh, common. And uh, have you ever had it? I was going to uh, say. No. So how do you get rid of it? <laughs> I, I love it even know. I just went through thousands of girls and somehow wound up scot free. It's amazing. Uh, uh, how many chicks have you had sex with? For real? Um. Acting like he doesn't have an exact number. <laughs> I have a book exactly. of pictures and, and color book. No, oh, oh, over two hundred. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I've got collages. Over four hundred. Just mural. I just I a mural. Wait, over five hundred? No, no, no. Who, no who, under five hundred. Under five hundred. Who's doing this? Elias, Elias. Theodoro. Elias. He's, he's in the UFC. I don't know if you know him. He's in the UFC. Professional puncher kicker like yourself. He, he's very pretty. He he uh, won the Ultimate Fighter Canada. <laughs> he's very. Pretty. He was. Bless your heart. He was thirteen and zero until his last fight. Yep, it was my first loss. Yeah. Eh, it comes, it comes and goes, right? It's one of these things with mixed martial arts. It's a fickle sport. You get a couple more wins, and people start cheering your name again. So. Sometimes you win, sometimes you get poked in the eye repeatedly, and yes. nobody does anything about it. I lose. got poked in the eye as well, twice as well. So I feel you. I feel you. I watched your fight in the, the same fight. Yeah, I got poked in the eye twice, and then I got split with an elbow. Um, but what ends up happening is, for me specifically, I, I hear with a lot with what you're saying, and uh, 
like Adam said, this is my first loss and I'm just kind of learning to take it and just go on because the craziest stat I found, like going into that, I was 3-0 and in the, the UFC. In the middleweight division, I was tied four ways uh, for second longest win streak in the middle yeah. middleweight division and since then my I fought I fought thank you I fought um I fought I was called that was on December 10th and since then three of those people have lost so it just shows goes to show you at, again your your hands down tonight or the last fight but uh, I'm looking forward to watching you it's fight again man. dynamic because we have a guy who's not in the UFC anymore who says whatever the hell he wants McCorkle we have a guy uh Matt Mitrione who doesn't know where he's going and then we have a guy who's like Hey, UFC, I love you. Everything. Yeah, well, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> hey, those emperors' clothes look so good. God, emperor, yours look so good. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. That's awesome. So uh, any any advice, Matt, you would give for this young upstart, Elias? Yeah, dude. Hey, man, you, you know exactly what my, what my advice would be and should be. Like, Live the dream, man. Like, you're only there for a little bit. And who cares? You got to jump through some hoops. Yep. If that's where you want to be, then jump through those damn hoops, man. Like, like do what you got to do. Like, so sooner or later, you're going to get jaded. It sucks. But sooner or later, you are. And if you're not at that point yet, then don't be jaded. Fucking ride the wave, man. Enjoy the ride. And, and have a blast. Dude, I, went, I was 5-0 when I first fought in the USC, right? Yep. Like, like, I went 5-0 in the USC when I first got there. So everybody liked me. I was, I was like, I was getting thrown all over the world and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was awesome, you know? And then all of a sudden you go on a losing streak or a little bit and everybody hates you and nobody cares about you anymore. So then you kind of like, and you get jaded and you're a little like, you know, F these people and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, really the whole scheme of things, like everybody loves a winner and nobody yep. cares about a loser. Yep. So it's up to you to do your job to, to make sure that people care about you exactly. or want to know your name. Yep. Or you go out there and you bust your ass and whether you win or lose, like Chris Idol, right? He's 10 and 10 in the UFC. But everybody loves him because that dude had such big stones and he would go at it all the time. Yep. So it didn't really matter. So, like, you know, dude, enjoy it. Don't get jaded until it's time to get jaded. And when you get jaded, don't get too jaded. And be like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Like, it's just part of the it's part of the ride. It's what's going to happen. And then sooner or later, you're going to find out, you know what, dude? They're using me as much as I'm using them. All they're doing is paying me to use my body for an entertainment for 15 minutes. That's all. And then once you think about that, and then, like, for me, like I was, like I said, I was, I was, I was pretty jaded. But, like, like um, I realized that with my job, I'm a stay. I, I, I got three kids. Mm-hmm. I'm a stay-at-home dad who makes money. Like, I can do anything I want. Like, I, I go to a pancake breakfast with my daughter in the middle of the day. I can do whatever I want to do. And the, my job, my UFC, and what I've been through allows me to do that. So really, like, it, it kind of takes away the jaded part because you realize, like, dude, no matter how much I don't like what I'm doing or the way I'm being treated and from this aspect or that aspect, nobody else has the freedom I do. Yep. And, like, sometimes you're going to have a lot of money and sometimes you're going to have no money. But... You just gotta deal with it, man. You gotta you can't you can't be an idiot with your money and piss right through it. Otherwise, you're gonna be that guy who, who's you know who who's begging for privates at the gym so you can get twenty five dollars. Fair enough. Wow, that's got some good advice right there. Well, listen, Matt. Thank you so much. Uh, would love to have you back on the show. Glad you don't hate me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and have a good rest of the week, man. Most definitely. Thanks a lot. Hey, boy. Thanks a lot for the time, man. Appreciate no problem. it. Thank you, man. Take it easy. It was Matt Mitrione. That's right. Matt Mitrione. That was a good one. A true veteran. Yeah. Elias, you, did you learn anything? No, no. I, I think a lot of that is truth. Um, I think, again, even in my own right, I'd be lying if I said it in many different aspects. Uh, I didn't get I, – I haven't already been jaded. It's just the way of the situation. It's the fight game. It's not – 
It ain't fucking roses. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't... It, but, there's a lot to it. But when it comes to money, you have women pay for most of your shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a sugar mama. It's yeah, all good. Of it's course, good. yeah. <laughs> Ride around. No, you know what I said? I wasn't going to marry to my girlfriend. because she's 100 years old. And I'm going to die. Then we're good. <laughs> How old is your girlfriend? Yeah, she's 28. She's what, 28. What does she look like? Um, she's beautiful. Um, the best way to describe her, uh, you've said that to Sarah McMahon. She's beautiful inside and out. She's hilarious, and she keeps me, uh, she keeps me honest. Um, no, she's... Basically, she looks like Barbie. She has fantastic, beautiful... Fake boobs? No, nah, well, just, just, just big, big boobs. They're, they're uh, fake, though. Uh, what's called? Uh, no. no. They're real? They're real. They're real. Wow. Unfortunately, genetics aren't fair. And uh, what do you call it? Um, no, but she's she hilarious. big boobs and a big ass or big boobs and a small ass? Uh, she's got it proportionate to her body. She ain't, she ain't no J-Lo, but uh, she looks fantastic from all angles. Sounds wow. good. Sounds like she belongs in Let's my collage. Some- yes, exactly. All right, exactly. see, see some pictures. All right, CB, we got a uh, fights this week. You want to come over here and uh, run them down with for us? Okay, CB, uh, uh, Bellator fights, UFC fights. Let's go. Let's 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 hear. It. This is our our, our intern, CB. Yep. Yep. This guy is the biggest. By the way, he has two Conor McGregor tattoos. Our intern, and he's getting two more. Uh, That's right. He's getting t- my face tattooed on the tip of his penis. I'm trying to possibly get three. possibly three. People out. Uh, he into, finally into the wants mic. to fuck like no, a into, champion. No, into the mic. Into, into the mic. What? What? Th- what three more tattoos are you getting? If Connor beats Rafael dos Anjos, I'm going to get his UFC debut date, the date he beat Aldo, and the date he beats dos Anjos. Really? So that's yes. Oh no! Why is that? You're his bitch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wish you could have just seen him look at me like, hey, I would love to be his bitch. He's like, you're like, going, no. You don't have that list, right? <laughs> yeah. I got a hatchback, but you could fit. <laughs> he's, he's like, you're going back on the list. <laughs> so why are you getting these tattoos? Um, because I'm, that's like the fighter I'm the biggest fan of. And if he beats RDA, it's going to be the first time there's ever a simultaneous two division champ. And then supposedly he's going to 170 to fight for that belt. Elias, would you advise him to get these tattoos or no? Well, uh, 10 is the basis of the decimal system, so you're only a couple away. So <laughs> just keep going, double down, and uh, that's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's my answer. You know you were Go for broke. That banging, uh, banging him is like on women's bucket list. Yeah. I, uh, for me, I, I'm, Your bucket I'm list? the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I come on inside I'm you. I'm the bucket. <laughs> you guys imagine, though, really think about Can you imagine Connor? Um, fighting GSP, like if he beats Dos Anjos and moving up and fighting GSP, can you imagine how big that event would oh, be? Oh, by the way, Elias, oh, yeah. you train with GSP. Is he coming back? Uh, for him, I think the issue is the act, the fact that he doesn't need any money. It's for him uh, being that great for so long, it, it puts a target on your back. And What's it has, like sparring with him? Um, training with him in general is humbling and the idea that he's such a master of his craft and Tricer in general is uh, <laughs> such a beautiful uh, part of <laughs> What? Uh, McCorkle's trying not to break the mic while he maneuvers <laughs> exactly. it. You know, exactly. the funniest thing going, I can see his mind going, don't, don't break, break it. The mic. I actually was, I was thinking, like, if I break this, they're never going to let me hear the totally, other All right, classic. so CB, CB, what are the, uh, so now, do, does he take you down and, with, with double legs when you spar with him? Yes, he looks me in the eye the whole time. Really? <laughs> does he really take you down? <laughs> yeah, like, he does? Yeah, so it's boy. <laughs> what? Well, it's martial arts. It's, some days, it's give and take. So you taking GSP down? I No, no, I have not. You have not really. I haven't. Uh, in reality, um, him. The training that I've done with him has actually just been in the general. Because um, sorry, uh, I actually came to Tristar. I've come to Tristar since he's uh, kind of stopped fighting. So he's never really in the town, like in the oh. area. And but the most surreal thing I've ever had were when I was sparring. It was me and uh, Francis Carmont. Yeah. And uh, GSP was in the side of Francis Carmont during yeah. sparring, and just him just 
whispering in uh, Francis's and yelling out in Francis's ear, telling him how to kick my ass. It was a really surreal That's moment. That's badass. <laughs> All right, so this week, CB, what are the big fights? Bellator fights, what do we got? Uh, in the main event of Bellator, we've got Paul Daly fighting Andy Urich. Who's Andy Urich? Uh... Probably another sacrificial lamb for Daly's hook. Right. So, all right. So, we're, we're picking Paul Daly for this fight? Yes. I would think so. <laughs> okay, who else? At least for the parlay. Uh, you got Paul Bradley and Chris Honeycutt fighting, which I think is a... That should be a good fight. It's yep. a good wrestler matchup. I think Honeycutt's on his way up. He's uh, one of Koscheck's boys from Dethrone Fresno. Not true. And, um, I mean, I've, I've seen him fight before. Great wrestler. I think he needs to work on finishing. I mean, he had a guy full back mount, completely flattened out, couldn't get the choke mm. for pretty much three rounds. But if he gets his entire game together, I think the guy's a contender. At Honeycutt? Yeah. All right, so we're picking Honeycutt? I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I'm with Paul Bradley. He's my buddy. He's also, a lot of people forget, he was the one who had herpes on The Ultimate Fighter. You remember nice. that? <laughs> yeah. had, one in four. One in four. Yeah, he had skin herpes on his neck on The Ultimate Fighter, and I'm like, I cannot believe he's agreeing to let them air this. He's like, oh, yeah, it's just from wrestling or whatever. Like, dude, they just said you had herpes on The Ultimate Fighter. Like, and you let them say that. It was on his neck, no less. So you're um, going for Paul Bradley? Yes, that's my buddy. He's one who I told you guys cut 30 pounds in four oh, days. Right. And make, the, make weight for the fight and then got cut. So, what what so. else we got, CB? Uh, you got... Rafael Butler against Tony Johnson. Um, I spoke to Rafael Saturday, uh, two Saturdays ago now at Invicta, and he was actually supposed to fight Lorenzo Hood at the Gallard Gertz card in Temecula in August, but Lorenzo Hood pulled his or uh, tore his knee in the back five minutes before walkouts. So the fight got canceled. You think it's bullshit? Why? Um, no, I just I know Lorenzo Hood, um, and we're buddies. <laughs> So, yeah, I managed him for a little while, for about uh, three days. I managed Lorenzo Hood, so that was the end of that. But, no, he's got a – I don't know if you've seen Lorenzo Hood. He is a monster. Have you seen him? Like, no. I mean genetic. He's a, he fought for me, actually, my promotion. Um, he is a genetic freak. With the but, pillow fights, that promotion? Uh, yeah, that fight, actually, yeah, he – Almost killed. He, he had hot chicks do pillow fights during his fights. That's so in, in between yeah. fights. In between fights, yeah. And then I paid one girl fifty dollars to rip another one's shirt off because I thought she would be okay with it. See, so and then uh, she she you wasn't ask okay with it. No, she wasn't okay with it. Like she was so mad. Like I can't believe that bitch. My boss, like, yeah, I don't know why she did that. Like, Who does that? Yeah, but it's uh, it was so funny. The you know uh, <laughs> the girl that you met that was my ex girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. What was her name? She so was hot. actually there that night. And they went up and interviewed her in the ring for some reason. They interviewed her uh, in the cage between fights because she was so good looking. And uh, I told the, I told the ring announcer to ask her if me and her used to date. And I was up there with him. He goes, now, I have a question for you. Did you and Sean used to date? And she like looks and like shakes her head no or whatever. And then I said, I got the microphone. I said, well, I guess we were just fucking then. And it was just dead silence. <laughs> like, it was just like nobody said anything. But that also, I also had dead silence in the crowd that night because I, I think it was my first event. I think everybody hey guys heard. don't have AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, get, I get on the microphone. Thank you guys all for coming out. You know, this is my new promotion, all this and that. And I hand him back the uh, microphone. I go and grab it back from the announcer. I said, oh, also, I wanted to say before I go down, because um, the athletic commission sitting right up front yeah. of the cage. Um, I was on steroids the whole time during my MMA career, and I'm on steroids now, and there's nothing any of you guys can do about it. <laughs> on the microphone, I say that to the commission, wow. and they just stare at me like they want to murder me. And, dude, you could hear a rat piss on cotton in that place. Just dead silence. No one got the joke. Like, no one thought it was funny. And the whole like the whole venue, they're all just staring at me, like a thousand people. And I was like... That's because you do jokes. That's a joke. There's no punchline. You, you do jokes <laughs> to yourself. It's, it's, I just thought it was funny that... All the jokes that. are to yourself. All right. Exactly. All right so back... And a little all voice. All right, top three UFC, a fight, UFC fights this week. I just want to get a lie. Oh, what was that? There's uh, one more Bellator fight Let's that's hear it. somewhat relevant. Uh, you got Patricky Pitbull 
yeah. who's the older brother of Patricio. Yeah. Or the heavier brother. Um, against Ryan Couture. This this Friday? Yeah. Ryan Couture versus Pitbull? I got to go for Ryan Couture. It's going to be a hard fight, but I got to go for Ryan. I spent three years in the gym with Ryan Couture. I've seen Patricky fight his last few. Hasn't looked. I mean, he's he's nowhere near his brother in skill, but Patricky, I I don't think he beats Ryan. I think Ryan puts on a showcase and starts making his way towards the top. Elias? I agree. I'm with you guys. I like Ryan Couture. Sometimes I pick with my heart instead of my... It's exactly, it's exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah. All right, so UFC fights. Uh, real quick, let's go, let's do, uh, go down the first top uh, three or four. Just Ryan for Nelson life. for the win. Ryan Nelson? No, 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 it's two Beach weeks body. away. Well, this okay. weekend is uh, just, Rumble Johnson stands. and Ryan Bader. Rumble Johnson and Ryan Bader? Yeah. I don't think Ryan Bader makes it out of the first round. Elias? I, I, I disagree. I, I think that the people are not giving Bader enough opportunity to kind of... Or, just not much of a chance, and I think he does. He's a really good wrestler, and one of the deficits that Anthony Johnson has, just like any blonde, once you're put on your back, you're screwed. So I think, sure, he showed a lot of uh, top game and whatnot with uh, Minowaro. Jimmy Manawa? Yes, there you go. There you go. But the, I think the, the important thing is we know what Ryan Bader uh, – we know Ryan Bader's best opportunity to win. Put him on his back. But and- Johnson's a good wrestler too, though. Pardon? Johnson's a really good wrestler, also. I mean, Phil Davis couldn't take Johnson down. Yes, more he's more against again his um, his uh, defensive wrestling is okay, but his jujitsu is not. Is what I'm saying. Once you get him on his back, he's so you're like picking a Bader for the win. Fifty, no, no. fifty bucks gets you 150 dollars. It's it's a three to really? one. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but no. But, he loves the odds, and he's always wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I this one I again obviously there's a reason why he's the favorite. Yeah, uh, he's a monster. You can come in there and just tear your hoff, head off in just a couple of seconds, or um, he can say no all all fight with his uh, what do you call it uh, defense and actually uh, do what he did against uh, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, um, I just think that people aren't giving Bader enough credit when credits due, and the fact that he's a really great athlete and, and he, he's coming off a win over Rashad. Yeah. He's coming over a win over Phil Davis. Yeah, I didn't even he realize he fought else. Paul Orndorff. That's a great <laughs> wrestling joke. Uh, who else we got? <laughs> uh, for now, you got Barnett versus Rothwell. Nice. Uh, yesterday we picked uh, Barnett. we picked Barnett. Who do you got? I think uh, Rothwell's been on a real good tear, and he has every opportunity to. Uh, I picked Rothwell for this fight. Yeah. You picked Rothwell. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going with him too. Yeah, Rothwell. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, who else we got? I hope Rothwell wins um, so I can see the laugh again after the fight. <laughs> I mean, you got. <laughs> So you crazy. got Sage Northcutt going up to 170 to fight Brian Barbarino, which we discussed yesterday. Yeah, cool. What like, fast it's... food restaurant does Brian Barbarino work? <laughs> <laughs> because they can't get, they don't put real fighters. They just go, they're like, you get out of the fucking drive-thru. You're fighting Sage Northcutt. Brian Barbarino. He's Mr. Mr. Cotter's student assistant. Totally. Hey, Mr. Cotter. That was his name, right? Was it Barbarino? Yeah, Barbarino. Vinny yeah, Barbarino. Barbarino. Isn't it funny that people still act like Travolta's yeah, name Travolta. straight? Yeah, okay, hey. so Elias, who, 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 who do we like? Uh, Barbarino or uh, Northcutt? I think Northcutt. Um, he's, yeah, to, to give him credit, he's getting back in there, even if they are uh, in some ways giving him opportunities that he will easily take up. <laughs> Marshmallows? Um, yes. No, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's, yes, but that doesn't really mean anything. He's a genetic freak. He's 6'3. He has a frame, right? Like he has a frame that will, he's going to be more athletic than this other individual, whoever the hell the <laughs> convenience store clerk is. Brian Barbarino. <laughs> uh, I believe he works at Chick fil A. I believe Elias just called out Barbarino. <laughs> mistaken. He's going to go down. All right. I can't, I can't all make all one. Right, real quick, we have, we have, we have two more minutes for, for the show. Uh, the last 
thoroughly relevant one on the card is Terry Safadine and Jake Ellenberger. Nice. Ooh, Jake. Jake. We've got to go with Jake. Yeah. Uh, Elias? Jake, it just depends on, again, um, he went through a little bit of a rut. And uh, with him, it's just a sense of, I think it's him being him. Uh, if he doesn't show up, as with anyone, um, I think he it could be a rough night. But I would say based on skill set, Jake. Greg? Yeah, he wants to come back. It's Jake. He's yeah. got. He's going to have the heart. He's going to have the power, the desire. It's going to be there. It's Jake. I guess I'm by myself on this one going with Safadine. Why? I just think that Safadine's, he, he's got great kicks. He's better on oh, the Tarek. outside. Oh, no. Tarek. Safadine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Tarek. Tarek. Wait, you're taking the whole thing back? <laughs> yeah. I still, point still stands. Uh, Safadine's coming off a, a horrible <laughs> knockout with, um, with uh, what do you call it? Roy McDonald. Do I was there. Just call out Jake Ellum. No, no, no. But, <laughs> I think that's what I heard. I just, I, I just didn't want you to be the lone one. That's it. I'm looking okay, after you. What other Safford did you think he was fighting? I, no, I, I, to be completely honest, I wasn't paying attention for five seconds. ADD kicked in. He was like, down to how many girls uh, By the way, during with. your fight, they said you suffer from ADHD. I'm like, that is such bullshit. Like, during his fight, Dan's like, you know, Elias has ADHD. Who doesn't have ADHD? No, that's a term. No, uh, I was going again. They're fishing for, uh, again, some type of storyline of what, in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Uh, getting to that part before we, we nail the uh, Safadine. Elias has Down syndrome. <laughs> Exactly. He has, he has an extra chromosome. Right. Uh, he has all the chromosomes. I heard somebody say the other day that if they ever get a dog, they're going to name it Syndrome. So that way, when it jumps, call him Downy. You call him Downy. Down Syndrome. That's, kind of <laughs> That's horrible. It'd be funny. funny if you call him Downy. Down <laughs> Syndrome. Down Syndrome. That's all. Like, like, what's up? What's going down? <laughs> Did you really hear that? Or that's a joke you made no, up. No, no, I wish I made it up. No, I heard. I want to name my. I want to name voice. Told him that's what it was. Was a little voice. I want to name my child Priority Access. Yes. So that any flight he ever has to get on, they're like, we'd like to invite Priority Access to board the flight. And he goes right on. I'm Priority Access. If I had a band, I would call it AIDS and be like, yeah, we started out as HIV, but now we're AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. Uh, Sean is not a member. Yes. What was that? Uh, having Elias here, it's somewhat relevant to mention since he was in the house with him. Olivier Aubin Mercier Olivier, is fighting yeah, this awesome. week- weekend too. Yeah. He's fighting uh, Carlos Diego Fajaya. That, wait, that's the guy you beat, right? No, no, no. Uh, no, I didn't beat him. Uh, oh, you beat- he, he's from TriStar. Um, I've trained with him. He's a sweetheart. Uh, he's 170. Or 155, rather. He's fighting who? Uh, Carlos Diego Fajaya. <laughs> The guy that uh, the he was undefeated. He was undefeated till he fought Benil Dariush. Hold on, shh. go on. He was undefeated till he fought Benil Dariush, and yep. then he also fought Dustin Poirier, who beat him. He hasn't been looking too great. <laughs> These guys only fight people with more complicated names than them. Like, Zach Galifianakis is fighting. They got like nineteen names apiece. So how how good is this? Because that kid looked great against. Uh, he fought my friend the uh, the, the uh, bulldog. Yeah, no, he's legit, man. He's yeah, he's built like a fucking Ninja Turtle. Is the best way to explain him. You when you see him in person, you don't understand how he makes 155. He has like bird bones like they're very very light. He literally looks like a ninja turtle. He's really good. Yeah, kid. he's a black belt in judo. Um, he also won uh, I think purples in worlds out in uh, what do you call it the Middle East. I can't remember where, where exactly. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Bam. <laughs> he was there the once. He was the there. Middle East. <laughs> in, in, Arab Emirates. in the ISIS tournament he came in right. third. <laughs> you well, get all the slaves. Well, well listen. <laughs> you get all the slaves. <laughs> listen that's our podcast today. Yeah, on a high note, on a high uh, note. I want to thank our sponsor, D Cipher, D I hyphen Cipher. Okay, they do life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Call them today at 1 888 731 Coach. That's 1 888 731 2622, as well as Tip a Fighter. 
Uh, listen, fighters are underpaid. We got to get you guys more money. Uh, we uh, thank you for, for for fighting. Thank you, Sean McCorkle, for all the entertainment. Thank yeah, you for man. Elias Theodoro. Thank you, Matt Matrione, for calling in. Sarah McMahon, as well as Anthony Smith. It's been a great podcast. Uh, this week, I will be in North Carolina at the Laughing Gas Comedy Club. That's right. The Laughing Gas Comedy Club in North Carolina. I can't wait to go. Also, uh, next Thursday, I will be at the L.A. Comedy Club in Las Vegas. Thursday, Friday is the World MMA Awards. I'll be there as well. I wrote three of the sketches. Uh, Sean saw them. Uh, they're really, really funny. CB saw them. I'm going to show them to Elias in a second. Uh, Greg, what do you got coming up? I'm going to be doing a bunch of colleges this weekend. I just want to remind everybody, don't forget, <laughs> if you want Elias. to... If you want to blow a pig, go to Thailand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Elias, what do you got coming up? Uh, nothing said in regards to the fight. Um, I'm looking to be uh, – there's a couple of Canadian dates that are coming out. Um, but with that being said, I'm actually going to be full-time training at TriStar, it looks like. Nice. Um, going down there and basically being around the, the fight culture that is Montreal. And I'm really excited about it. Um, nothing said. But uh, I got a couple of uh, romance novels, and I'll keep everyone posted. That's so fucking bad. Uh, what's it called? Uh, you, can so follow, bad. you can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter. And uh, as always, I'll do some live tweeting. That's what they should talk about. That should be your storyline when I talk about it. Show me that coming up. Uh, I'm going to actually be releasing a book with my text messages of girls in it, and I want him to be on the cover. That would be awesome. And uh, you could also, CB Gold, what do you got coming up? Uh, just. Watching the fights this weekend. But you'll be at UFC 196, right? If it's still happening, yes. <laughs> not, he's out of budget. <laughs> I'm checking Twitter every 30 seconds. And if so. anybody wants to talk fighting with you, they can, right? Yes. People challenged me yesterday seeing who I've met and pictures to prove. And people only, only one guy got me with one name. Oh, wow. And it was actually Masaranduba. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? He's like, what do you got coming up? I was going to make a ham sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm considering soup. I might go with chips. I'm not soup. sure. Well, it depends you. on what the soup of the day is. Thank you, Sideshow Network. <laughs> hey, do we have time to talk about Canadian strip clubs real quick? Oh, I'm a huge No, fan. no, no. We got to get out of here. Oh, right. too bad. We can. Get ready. I got plenty of stories. Next, yeah, yeah. Next, next week, we'll talk about okay. Canadian strip clubs. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care. <laughs> 